Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. This morning, a bitter backlash after President Trump referred to Haiti and African nations as S-hole countries. Africa, Haiti, elsewhere, this word uh, S-hole countries, I won't say it. Why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? Why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? Well, close your ears, Wolf, because I'm going to give you a reaction and it's personal. I'm a proud shitholder. I'm a proud shitholder. You are a weak, impotent person who can't handle the fact that there are people who don't look like you who want to come to this country. And I will gut you like a that's fish your, on this show. If you want to keep this up, so you don't have a substantial right, Go on Amazon, order yourself a pointy white hat, head down to Home Depot and get the wood to build a burning cross. Because that's the kind of thing you're talking about. That's where your attitude leads to. You are fake news. Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show. It's a terrific show. A tremendous show with, frankly, the best intros. Well, that's... Stop cackling during them. I'm sorry. I know people don't like We're like, shut up, blonde. It was cut hilarious. Cut your mic. Come on. Cut your mic with your cackling over <laughs> my hard work. Uh, <laughs> frankly, the best show. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right by my wonderful co-host... Blonde Cackley McGee, welcome. Did I hear "Damn it, Gina"? Yeah, that? yeah, I snuck that in there because I, I still like that. Good video. work. I was only laughing because it was a great intro, best intro ever, tremendous intro. Oh, you think so? Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't rank it as high, highly. Shitholder. That is just ten out of ten. I'm a proud shitholder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how often do you get, um, I don't know, audio clip gold like that? Yeah. It's very rare. Yep. Uh, you'll notice there is a fresh new look tonight, uh, which both Blonde and I happen to love very much. It was done by listener, uh, frequent art submitter, Facepalm Reality. So big thanks to him for giving the show a uh, fresh makeover for the new year. Uh, find his links in the description if you'd like to tell him that you like the artwork. And if you hate the artwork, just leave him alone. Be nice about it. <laughs> but we like the artwork and that's all that matters. Um, hey, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Uh, because... That was the craziest oh, football game I've ever seen. Kings, let's win this game. It's time to crack the course. That was nuts. I'm not going to talk about football anymore. I expect maybe some of the super chatters might. That was insane. I, I just feel I, I'm when I connected to the hangout here, you said, wow, you look happy. And it's like, I've never seen the Vikings benefit from an insane reversal of fortune in the playoffs. Doesn't happen. That Why was awesome. Why am I nodding like I know what the hell you're talking it, it was about. just great. Like, it was great. Yeah, You'll have to watch it later. 
Uh, also, you see it in the title. I interviewed Tim Poole on uh, Friday night. It was great to talk to Tim. I haven't spoken with Tim before, so that was a first for us. Uh, and that will air to close the show. We're aiming for about 90 minutes, but um, we'll see how much the Vikings excitement and the Coors Light impacts that. Uh, but yeah, we're aiming for the Tim interview to close the show about 90 minutes from now. Uh, in the in the real news of the week, big week for immigration and, uh, as we said, hilarious media quotes. So uh, first, Trump hosts this a public meeting with congressional leadership on immigration. We talked about it a little bit on uh, on Wednesday, but accor- according to some critics, I think yourself and myself included before I had watched the whole thing in totality, he kind of fumbles this meeting badly and seems to concede DACA with no strings attached. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he'll, he'll, he says he'll sign any bill. Yeah. No questions or conditions attached. Yeah, yeah. So people get... A little annoyed with that. Ann Coulter kind of went crazy about that. That was fun to watch on Twitter. And that was on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, discussion moves behind closed doors. And that's where Trump allegedly asks why we accept so many people from shithole countries. Uh, and I think this was exactly the 180 that you were looking for. It's just what I needed. I think I, I said on Gab that it was like thirst, like a drink of water in the de- in desert thirst. I just needed him to throw me something like this. And oh, shithole countries. I'm listening. Yeah. Only taking Norwegians. What? What? Yeah, that's the equivalent of like the bat signal for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, the media hysteria that followed, I'm sure everyone has seen. I've recapped some of my favorite CNN reactions. Uh, so we'll take a look at those. Um, and we will uh, we'll try to make sense of it. Although I think if you ask Blonde, uh, the original statement needs no context and is already perfectly sensible as is. There's no explanation necessary. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, other big news this week, specific allegations now available in the uh, in James Damore's lawsuit against Google. So we'll recap the juicy details within. Uh, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas are at it with Twitter. It turns out those speculated shadow bans are, in fact, a real thing, at least if you uh, believe those featured in his video. Plus, a uh, Canadian hoax hate two-for-one, at least I believe these to be hoaxes. The only reason I'm including them is because they're sufficiently silly. They're not provable hoaxes yet, but they're sufficiently silly that I couldn't pass them up. And uh, of course, you remember Lactatia. How could I forget? And I didn't even prep for this topic because I can only hear this once. Yeah. Lactatia apparently now has a new rival. Actually, not new. This person's been around. But it's another 10-year-old drag queen who has now started a drag club and website for kids. But his mom explains why. White so we'll get to Before we get to that. Before we get to the uh, the end of the show and uh, and Tim Pool, it will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That is beauty and the beta at gmail.com. There is more of the show on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you find your podcasts, you can find us. And I guess I deleted it in the notes here, but I should note, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't mention Super Chat yet, right? We're going to take Super Chats in between topics. As always, of course, five bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good. Lowdown money grabbers. We regret the policy, but got to keep the Sunday show moving along. All right. That's, oh, you know what? I did forget one thing because I, I have one piece of art that I wanted to play at the top of the show here. Uh, and that is... Submitted by Greg. It's just me spanking Jared Holt. So I very much appreciated that. And I wanted to feature that. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> uh, and for people that don't know, Jared Holt is this 
what Matt calls the creature from the estrogen lagoon, this scarf wearing douchebag that works for a right wing watch. So Matt's uh, just butthurt because he hasn't been included in any of these hit pieces. Yeah. And I had uh, I had a spot or a spat with him uh, on Twitter earlier this week. And then I wanted to share this too. This is uh, the GoFundMe page from uh, patron, viewer of the show, friend of the show, uh, Tim, who is a computer whiz and is making currently, he's building that Patreon competitor that I yeah. keep referencing frequently. It's called Fundfair and his beta, his public beta is now available. He also has a GoFundMe, which I have not linked in the description just yet. I will as soon as the show is done live. If you're interested in learning about Tim's project, which I've spoken directly with him about, and I think he's got a lot of really good ideas to launch something that's not not only pro-free speech, but something that's great from just a consumer uh, and creator perspective. Uh, check this out and watch Tim's explanation of it. And if you'd like to support it, go ahead and do that. But um, I expect we'll talk a little bit more about this with Tim himself as this uh, becomes closer to a reality. So yeah. an exciting project. And uh, and I like the to... name. I should point that out. Fun Fair. I like it. Yeah. Nice and wholesome. Thanks to Tim for uh, for supporting our stuff and uh, for, for thinking about creative ways to Give some healthy competition to um, to Patreon. What else I got in the notes here? Uh, I think that's all to start the show, except for uh, a couple of interesting news items before we hop into the immigration meeting. So uh, we mentioned, what was it? How long ago did we talk about that SWAT case? Was that two weeks ago? Last week, the week before, one or two weeks ago. I yeah. don't know. Well, there was that SWAT case in Wichita where uh, we, we talked about it at length. You recall that was a fight over Call of Duty and there was a swatting and the police killing of an innocent man, an uninvolved man. And we were talking on the show, what, what's going to be the legal consequence here? This is such a weird case that yeah. what's the charge going to be? What's the penalty going to be? We now have some idea. So he's been charged with, uh, this is Tyler Barris, who is from L.A., but is now in the custody of Kansas authorities. Uh, he has been charged with involuntary manslaughter. In Kansas, that's a level five felony carrying a minimum of two and a half years prison uh, in prison, maximum of 11 and a half years. He is also facing charges related to swatting in Canada. So Ooh, what happened with that? He's a career swatter, apparently. You'll notice Tyler Barris, known online as Swatistic. <laughs> Swatistic is his uh, online identity. Well, so, so he's probably going to get three years yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, even if we assume minimum, yeah. yeah, minimum, he's going to be in jail for years, which he should be. Yeah. He absolutely should be. He's responsible for a, the death of an innocent father. That doesn't seem harsh enough to me. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, I'm just glad to know that he's apparently going to be locked up unless there's some bizarre legal situation in which he gets off somehow. Uh, then what else we got? Uh, did you see this? <laughs> The worst armed robber ever. You see this yeah, clip? Yeah, this footage brightened my week. It was hilarious. Okay. I, I'm excited to watch it again. <laughs> so this is um, this is a cell phone store in Houston. The, the event in question here actually happened in April. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's an armed robber entering a cell phone store, only to be locked inside of the store. If it'll ever play, come on YouTube. Oh, here we go. Try this and then get back to this. There we go. Hey! Open the So he walks in and says, open it up. And it's the owner of the store and a customer hanging out in there. Who are very calm. They just say, no, we're going outside. We'll lock him in. 
and he realizes what's going on and tries to shoot his way out. <laughs> and then tries to kick and smash his way out. And then, after every physical attempt to get out of the store, he then suddenly has a change of heart and says, Oh, just kidding. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I've changed my ways, I swear. Oh, I have nothing. I'm so sorry. And then he's arrested and uh, he has since pled guilty and he's now, uh, he's got five years in prison, does this guy. Oh, that's just the dumbest criminal I've ever seen. And those ladies, they just, they just kept calm. They're like, we're, we're just going to walk out now. And, and yeah, just... it's like they had an established protocol for this and just, fought. It's like a, it was like a fire, fire alarm and they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. You know? I mean, they have bars on the windows. I'm sure they deal with crap like this all the time. They're probably in yeah. some ghetto ass neighborhood but that's that's just the funniest thing i've ever please let me out please i didn't well, do he, anything wrong <laughs> at least he pled guilty it'd be more interesting to see if he had some bs type of innocent plea where he tried yeah. to make some excuse for what had happened yeah uh, anyway that's uh yeah that was a, a hilarious viewing but i'm ready to, to check out the highlights of this immigration meeting unless we need a break do we need a break um no let's keep going okay so to understand the shithole, <laughs> shithole country's comment, we kind of have to start earlier in the week and even before that. So you'll recall that uh, Trump rescinded DACA in September. Um, that was the week you were gone, actually. I remember Roaming and I talked about that at length. And uh, he, so he rescinded DACA through executive action. Remember, DACA itself is executive action, not law. So Trump can just erase it in the same way that it was magically created. But he gave a March 5th deadline and said, Congress, you have until March 5th to act on this. Uh, and at that point, the DACA protections will end. No, so no, no. That, that, they, they don't end all at once. They just start to, they to start expire. To end. Yeah. They start so to it doesn't end. happen all at once. This March 5th deadline is sure. totally being amped up by the left. Yeah. So, uh, so and, and there's no reason that Trump couldn't just extend the deadline, too, yeah. which is speculated that he might. Mm. Um, so they, they, they start trying to hammer out this deal. And of course, the, the concept here is if Trump and Republicans are open to enshrining DACA as a law, you got to get a lot of the immigration policies they want in return. So the wall, border security, uh, an end to the diversity visa lottery, an end to chain migration. And I was, after hearing some of the clips, I was on the alarmist team, and I think you were too. Yeah. I've since listened to the entire meeting in full, and I've got some clips from it. I'm less on the alarmist team now, and this even uh, even regardless of the shithole country's comment. Yeah. But I think this is actually mostly just misunderstanding as opposed to willingness to concede everything. I don't know. You still haven't provided a decent explanation for why he said that he'll pass anything. Sure. Uh, I will. Here's what I take to be the key information. At the start, he says, we're going to have a bill that accomplishes. We, we can talk about DACA, but we got to accomplish these three things. The border security end to the diversity visa lottery end to chain migration. And when Dianne Feinstein asks for a clean bill, I think he just misunderstands what clean bill means. And he says he basically says, yeah, we can work on DACA first, but then it's immediately time to do the other things. And implied in the way he talks about it is that this is going to be a package deal he doesn't say we'll do yeah we'll just do daca and we'll set that as its own clean thing and then we'll work on the other stuff later to your point though 
He does say at least twice, <laughs> you guys work out a bill, whatever it is, I'll sign I'll it. Sign I have it. no demands. Yeah. So that not, that knocks uh, you know, <clears throat> some of my confidence down a little bit. But let's let's check out what he had to say. This uh, I'm sure you love this bill of love comment that he had. This should of be love. a bipartisan bill. This should be a bill of love. Truly, it should be a bill of love. But it also has to be oh, a bill where we're able to secure our border. So in order to secure it, we need a wall. Second, it has to be a bill to end chain migration. And the, the other is to cancel the lottery program. What if- so, so he starts off the meeting by saying it has to be these three things. And that's right. part of where I draw some of my lack of concern from. Is that he's saying, look, it's got to be these three things. I, I mean... I'm concerned for another reason if he doesn't, if he didn't understand and comprehend what a clean bill was. But I mean, that's that's a, a lesser problem than like, yeah, sure, I'll concede everything. You guys, that's can true. You want. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Feinstein's question about a clean DACA bill now, and uh, with a commitment that we go into a comprehensive immigration reform procedure like we did back. Oh, I remember when Kennedy was here. And, uh, so I amnesty. Know, I, I think. Um, I guess you could call it that for the, for the dreamers, at least. Sure. It sounded like she was talking about like widespread amnesty. Excuse me. You want, do you want me to play it again? Uh, no, it's okay. Okay. I mean, so what she's asking for there to be clear is, can we just do DACA? Can we just give these dreamers permanent protection path to citizenship? Presumably, Mm -hmm. um, can we just do that as it's as a standalone piece? And then we promise you that we'll do the other stuff later. Yeah, I promise. Do we have Pinky to call promise. Oh, it's so queer. Wait, sorry, what? Do we have to call them dreamers? It's Yeah, I know. I hate that terminology so too. What do you want to call them? Illegal kids? There it is. Okay. It's probably something better. The chat probably has a better suggestion. <laughs> a live chat, go for it. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so then Trump says, yeah, yeah, we could do that. We could do a clean DACA bill. That's basically what Dick is saying. We're going to come out with DACA. We're going to do DACA, and then we can start immediately on the phase two, which would be comprehensive. Would be agreeable yeah, I would like. I would like Mr. to do that. Go ahead. And then I think a lot of Kevin McCarthy, one of the reps, starts pushing back on Trump, saying, "No, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand what she's saying." People would like to see that, but I think we have to do DACA first. Mr. President, you, you need to be clear, though. I think I think what's Senator Feinstein's asking here, when we talk about just DACA, we don't want to be back here two years later. You have to have security, as the secretary would tell you. But I think that's what she's saying. I think no, 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 I think she's saying something different. You folks are going to have to come up with a Okay. And then here's a couple of the examples that, uh, that I was mentioning where he just says, you guys are all very smart. You'll send me something and I'll just sign it. It'll be great, I'm sure. Solution. And if you do, I'm going to sign that solution. We do a phase one, which is DACA and security. And we do phase two, which is comprehensive immigration. And I think we should go right to it. I really do. We do one and we then do the other. But we go right to it. So, okay, so there was huh. that part too, You're which right. impli- implied right. to me that he said, um, yeah, there, there are two parts of this and they're both <laughs> mandatory. I don't care the order in which we do them, but they are mandatory components. Yes. And there seemed to be a general misunderstanding about what she was saying, which was yes. lost on me before. Yeah. You're right. I, I was being an alarmist. This is much less troubling than my upon I either first edited, viewing. edited this incorrectly or something, but he definitely says more explicitly, send me anything. I will, I right. will sign it into law. Let's see where it goes. I forget. And then he says too, a uh, uh, clarification is the wall mandatory. And he says, absolutely. You must have the wall. Ice agents tell me this. 
John, you need the wall. The ICE officers and the Border Patrol agents, I had them just recently up. They say if you don't have the wall, you know, in certain areas, obviously, that aren't protected by nature, if you don't have the wall, you cannot have security. You folks are going to have to come up with a solution. And if you do, I'm going to sign that solution. This group comes back, hopefully with an agreement, this group and others. I'm signing it. I mean, I will be signing it. I'm not going to say, oh, gee, I want this or I want that. I'll be signing it. No, no, you, you should say, oh, gee, I want this and I want that. You're the one in power. That's where it gets weird. <clears throat> Sorry, did I lose you for a second? <laughs> I, I, the clip was playing like three seconds behind, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. if I was nodding at an inappropriate time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It ended <laughs> for me like, yeah, solid like five seconds before it ended for you probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. I mean, I think the real mistake here was showing the general public things that needed to take place, a discussion that needed to take place behind closed doors. There's a reason this was historically unprecedented. They've never done this before. It's because you should be able to speak with tough language and discuss things like this uh, in privacy. I mean, I, I think that this was a really bad call to show everybody. Well, I have a counter to that, oh, which yeah. is that if you speak in private, sometimes you say things off the cuff <laughs> and you have a lot of highly motivated political adversaries who will try to set you up uh, with unfortunate quotes that are unverifiable. So people just take them to be true. Not saying they're not true, but not saying they're not, not true either. Those you know? transitions. Those yeah. Transitions. Unless you have more to say about the meeting. I think nope. we're probably in general agreement. And again, I'll yeah. acknowledge fully that I certainly was more alarmist about this on the Wednesday call-in show without having viewed it all myself at that point than I am now. I think this is mostly just misunderstanding and not general concession of every immigration piece that he campaigned on and wants. I'm with you. And now I kind of regret my black pill video that I made the other day where I'm like, well, we're screwed <laughs> demographically. Everybody well, just retreat to the Midwest. <laughs> wasn't that also um, prior to the the release of the shithole? Yeah, I think that that anyway? video would have been a lot different if I had gotten this shithole country news bomb. Okay. For Should we... Should, let's just get through shithole countries before we take a break in the interest sure. of continuity here. Is that, well, that, yeah, does that work? Okay. Yeah. So here, let's, let's look at the original story from the Washington Post. And this is how it's reported on Thursday. I believe this comes out. Uh, maybe Friday. It says January 12th, whatever day that was. That was Friday. But the meeting took place on Thursday. Uh, okay, so President Trump grew frustrated with lawmakers Thursday in the Oval Office. So the meetings are continuing in, in private, not with cameras everywhere. They're just speaking with each other. Uh, when they discussed protecting immigrants from Haiti, El Salvador, and African countries as part of a bipartisan immigration deal, according, again, according to several people briefed on the meeting, Trump said, quote, why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? Trump said, according to these people, referring to countries mentioned by lawmakers. Trump then suggested that the United States should bring more people from countries such as Norway, whose prime minister he had just met with on Wednesday. The president, according to a White House official, also suggested he would be open to more immigrants from Asian countries because he felt they help the United States economically. In addition, the president singled out Haiti, telling lawmakers uh, from that, or no, uh, telling lawmakers that immigrants from that country must be left out of any deal. These people said, quote, why do we need more Haitians? Trump said, according to people familiar with the meeting, quote, take them out. <laughs> no, that doesn't mean assassinate them. That means they're not going to be protected. <laughs> they have to go back basically. Yeah. And there aren't going to be more coming. Good. 
possible. Now, uh, a few points of caution on this. Uh, again, no, no tape, no verify, no way of verifying this independently. It's a secondhand report, according to several people mm-hmm. briefed on the meeting. Trump came out on Friday and denied that he had said this. He said on Twitter, quote, the language used by me at the DACA meeting was tough, but this was not the language used. What was what was really tough was the outlandish proposal made a big setback for DACA. That is just a master pivot right there. He always does this. And I like how he did not apologize. Mm. Um, I don't really feel like he tried to walk it back that much either. Yeah. <clears throat> the, the point is, without any context or even certainty that he said it, it seems unfair to interpret the comments with certainty. Um, the worst possible read here is that he said, no immigrants from certain countries, which I have a hard time believing was the case contextually. I think the most likely explanation here is you look shocked, but I'll, I'll explain how I read this and maybe, maybe you disagree. Are you, are you pre-dismissing me? No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Okay. So I, presumably this has some context, unless you think he just blurted out like, oh, what, Hey, we'll call the meeting to order. Uh, item one, why do we have so many immigrants from shithole countries? I mean, it seems like a response. I know this is not an argument, but this is something that I can just see, I can hear coming out of his mouth. This is just okay. pure Trump. This rings true to me. And I hope that he said this. That's hilarious. He has a knack for saying things that we say candidly in our own lives. And when he says them, it creates this conversation where we have to address that we really are taking people from shithole countries all the time. And so I absolutely hope that he said this candidly and was like, listen, no. No more Haitians. Their country's a fucking disaster. No. So I hope, I hope. Tough language. I, but I, I didn't hear him come out and straight up like deny this. Well, he said that was not the language used. Not the language used. But I mean, it's possible it that he said a whole that bunch. he said something similar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but here, I can see him saying that quote. I can hear him in my head saying it right now. I just can't do a good enough Trump impression to deliver <laughs> that audio. But I can hear him saying it. But I still am left to presume that this was a response to some sort of point or question, not just completely out of nowhere. And what I presume is that, so we already know contextually they're talking about the diversity uh, lottery. Mm -hmm. We already know contextually they're talking about uh, these temporary immigrants from Haiti and El Salvador (laughs) and these disaster zones. These are programs that are about accepting immigrants based on their country of origin. And so the way I read it, if we're talking about that, we're going to, preserve the diversity visa, for example, you're accepting a premise that we accept immigrants based on country of origin. So why wouldn't you be able to exclude based on country of origin? Or you'd say like, well, if we're going to do this by country, why would you pick the shithole countries? I mean, that seems like it's crass. Does that provide any context that changes things for you though? Because yeah, because it's not even, it's not even certain that Trump is actively making the case that we should select by country and country only. He might be responding to that premise as a bad premise. I don't know. I don't know that that really changes things for me. Or his well, you're, you're, But you love the comments anyway. Yeah, this energized <laughs> his base. I think that this yeah. might have been strategic. And I'm not saying I hate the comment. I'm just saying that I don't necessarily buy the media presentation of like, well, he just thinks there are shit countries and wants to exclude people from shit countries. I think it's more likely that he's responding to the premise of, Okay, if you want to do it by country, let's not pick the shit ones. That seems to make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I mean, maybe all of this just comes from a hope that he did say this. So maybe I'm biased. 
I, I, I don't think it's insane to think that he did. But I, 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 we have to grant that the source of this is his political opposition behind closed doors reported through a media yeah. that hates him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nobody here that's <laughs> likely to be objective about what was actually said. I mean, the important thing is that it it uh, made us all have this conversation about where our immigrants are actually coming from, and and the discussion that I'm seeing everywhere is, you know, is 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 Haiti a shithole country? Yeah, why? Why is Haiti? That's what people are talking about. Are yeah. these actually shithole countries? Well, I want to get to truth as a defense after we watch some of these media reactions. Uh, oh, dang it! I had this joke teed up, but I didn't even use it. <laughs> You should have. You should have told me. Dang it! I'm sorry. I'm not helping you. I said. I said here was the, the thing I queued up was here was blonde uh, on on Friday after the news leaked because you were so down on Trump and then you you were right back high on Trump. We'll, and it was, we'll do it now. I should have just when I think gift your you face. couldn't possibly be any dumber. You go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have the time to put Trump's face on Lloyd and your face on Harry, but you it get really the idea. It really is how I felt. I was like, shit old countries, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now that's not the way that the media felt, namely yeah. CNN. The CNN reactions, as you heard in some of the intro, were just, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could have probably made it, I know Mark Dice made a montage. I probably could have made like a 20 minute montage of all of these. You weren't enjoying this? It's like sport. He just says these things that, that are clearly true plain as day and then the media becomes apoplectic and it's hilarious it's yeah. just i let's let's watch it okay so don lemon is first don lemon says the the, the president uh, is racist this is cnn this tonight surprise i'm don lemon the president of the united states is racist <laughs> all of us already knew that why are we having all these people from <laughs> whole countries come here those comments are frankly disgusting jeez this have a shot don Donald Trump is. This is what he thinks. For all their talk about making America great, the president is playing to a base that welcomes his racism and will enjoy it. And that is disgraceful. Okay, and then Aww. Chris Cuomo goes to his whiteboard. This is the weirdest one to me because he contradicts himself directly in a couple different ways. <laughs> he, he writes it out on his whiteboard, the word shithole. The president is just showing you who he is. This is who he is, okay? We sum it up in a word, okay? It's a bad word. My kids are watching right now. I made sure they did. I don't want to teach my kids and your kids a bad word. My president decided to make that choice. Here's the big mistake, though. Hiding from the word. Uh, not speaking it, not really talking about it because it's too ugly. Laughing it off. Well, this is just how he is. Normalizing it. Okay, I actually don't know what he means. First, it's like, I don't want to teach this to my kids, but I made sure that my kids are watching. Also, like, we shouldn't talk about this because it's terrible, but also we have to talk about it because it's terrible. Yeah, and the hypocrisy of the left. They're like, we're going to accept this culture that allows these nine-year-old drag queens, but God forbid our kids sees or hears the word shithole because we haven't totally ruined them with our leftist indoctrination as it is. Yeah. And I don't buy this either. Like, it's not my fault we're talking about this. It's the president's. Well, he said yeah. it behind closed doors. And the yeah. reason it's now in the public it's is because, because Dems. antagonist yeah. politicians and an antagonist media have now put it there. I'm not saying that this shouldn't be discussed or it sh this should or shouldn't be discussed, but it happened behind closed doors. You are singularly responsible for amplifying it. It was never meant for your consumption in the first place. And I don't buy it at all. If you say you don't speak like this behind closed yeah. doors, show me your private mm -hmm. correspondence, Chris Cuomo. We know it he's better a dude. be squeaky clean. Have you clean. seen all those videos of him working out? 
I, I implore you, the audience, if you haven't seen videos of Chris Cuomo working out, go check where, it out. He's, where do you find these? He posts them on whatever social media he's on, like a teenager. Oh my God. Yeah. Does he actually? Jim, Jim selfies <laughs> or videos? Videos. Yeah. What's, uh, are they impressive? No, it's, it's Chris Cuomo working out. Is he squatting I mean, a lot? Benching a lot? Yeah, What's he doing? It's stuff like that. It's like bro <laughs> stuff, you know? Okay. <laughs> All right. I want to see, uh, I want to see the Cuomo workout. I want to check that out. I'll try to duplicate his regimen. <laughs> Get Chris Cuomo jacked. <laughs> uh, this Phil Mudd guy, I actually do not know who he is. I've never, at least I don't think I've heard from him before. He's a CNN counterterrorism analyst, apparently ex-CIA, I believe. But this is probably the funniest soundbite to come out of the whole, uh, this whole ordeal. He's a proud shitholer. Well, close your ears, Wolf, because I'm going to give you a reaction and it's personal. I'm a proud shitholer. My family was called wops and mackerel eaters. We came from Italians and Irish who were regarded as people from shithole countries. <laughs> and then Rick Wilson, who, uh, with whom I have personally fought on Twitter before. Actually, when we were at the Republican National Convention, I got some replies from Rick Wilson on Twitter. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. That was a fun <laughs> time. I think you were sleeping. It was like when I was awake in the morning and you would sleep in. Oh, what, what did he say? Fighting on Twitter. I can't remember. We we're fighting about some Trump thing. <laughs> it was like five back and forth. It wasn't much. Um, so he he's with this radio host, John Fredericks, and it gets really heated. And he says, like, you know, you're a Nazi, you're a KKK guy, and I'll gut you like a fish in this segment. I mean, I guess he'll, he means he will gut you like a fish in an argument, but it's still very bizarre. Hearing John's defense of Trump, you know, and, and, and of this and the, of this overtly racist aspect of it is absurdly un-American, absurdly unconstitutional, and not conservative in any way whatsoever. And if you believe that, go on Amazon, order yourself a pointy white hat, head down to Home Depot and get the wood to build a burning cross. Because that's the kind of thing you're talking about. That's where your attitude leads to. Well, it's about economics, Rick, and you can throw all the insults you want, and I appreciate it. No, day, you don't appreciate it, John. Uh, you, are a weak, you are a weak, impotent person who can't handle the fact that there are people who don't look like you who want to come to this country that's your substantive argument to me rick wilson who backed every losing john i will gut you like a that's fish your, on this show if you want to keep me, this up so you don't have a substantive right, guys, argument okay, your guys. argument is based entirely on the listen, fact that those people let are me brown. respond let's, let me let's, respond with a substantive answer go ahead you can insult me all you want i could really care less okay oh my god that is some white savior shit right there oh yeah oh god and i looked on amazon i don't think you can buy a kkk hood on amazon you could buy like the cloth i did i searched this there's like books you could buy the cloth and um and construct it yourself but they don't sell it and you can't even find a costume because imagine like if you, if you can find this on amazon do send it to me i think they would face too much public heat for actually selling kkk yeah. headwear i don't think that amazon is selling kkk headwear i don't know yeah. why he's bringing amazon into this they've done everything you've wanted <laughs> you can get most things but probably not that you can get things arguably way more degenerate i'm sure oh, yeah. but you can't get that and then uh, on friday trump signs this uh martin luther king day proclamation of course tomorrow is a holiday martin luther king jr day and reporters after everyone's applauding this uh, proclamation, just start blurting out, asking him if he's racist. This is a great, it's an important day, Martin Luther King Jr. Federal holiday, a proclamation. Will you give an apology for the statement yesterday? 
Mr. President, did you refer to African Asians? Mr. President, are you a racist? Mr. President, will you respond to these serious questions about the statement, sir? No, Mr. Would have been a good time for a repeat of that you'll see, you'll see <laughs> line that he gave about uh, Kim Jong-un earlier oh, in the year. Boy. How rude. These, the, the media. It's like, just can't you just keep your mouth shut just for a few minutes? <laughs> I just wish there's, he never could, but there's part of me that just wishes he would say, yep, you got me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have more Martin Luther King Jr. proclamations to sign, though, so you'll yeah. have to talk to me about it later. But it's like, so what? What if, what if he even said, yes, I am? Yeah. So what? I mean, what are they going to do? Uh, I mean, yeah, lobby Congress to impeach him, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. The one thing I wanted to add before I'm done commenting on this, too, is, as you mentioned, truth as a defense. Now, I saw this circulating, and it made me laugh out loud, which is um, there's an objective way to measure shitholes. Uh, the Research Institute for Compassionate Economics, otherwise known as RICE, has a 2014 study on uh, which countries have the most open defecation in the world. Uh, a very high level of open defecation in a lot of African nations. Uh, Haiti is actually the second most. Uh, where does it list that in here? Haiti. Yeah, here we go. Um, <laughs> uh, the countries which have the second, third most number of people defecating are, that's weird that they phrased it that way. Defecating in the open, I presume. Because there's people defecating everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, it's important. I think you need to say out in the open. Yeah. This is a very, uh, you know, very um, well done, very specific, highly scrutinized study. But anyway, it's Haiti and Nepal, which have 79 and 77% of people defecating in the open per square kilometer. Now I want to see this overlaid with a world IQ, average IQ map. I oh bet boy. it's basically the same. Mm. <clears throat> All I know is, there is some truth to the to the idea that these places are shitholes. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you take people from Haiti and you bring the United States, they don't cease to be Haitian. Like, what what do people when you when you bring immigrants here, they create their host country, or their home countries, and their host nations. It's it's what happens in every single time. There's a Chinatown in every city. I don't know why people act like when you bring immigrants here, they immediately become American by virtue of just being on American soil. It's idiotic. It makes no sense. You should talk to Rick Wilson. He made a very impassioned case in that segment, but I had to cut it but out. But he's going to gut me like a fish. I don't want to talk He would to gut you like a fish. <laughs> in the interest of, I could talk a little bit more about this, but in the interest of time, and we got a lot of topics to get through, and then we got Tim, so yeah. we should probably take Super Chat and move along, I think. Okay. Anyway, I mean, if I had to summarize, it's it's classic Trump, you know? I mean, it's crass, but there's there's a lot of truth to it. And it's just, it's so fun in that it prompts media hysteria. Yeah, this is the sort of thing I'm not even endorsing the idea, but the spectacle is why I voted Trump. I have to be honest, <laughs> the spectacle is why I voted for him. It's, I endorsed the idea enjoyable. and the spectacle. So, <laughs> all right, let's do some super chats. Um, Mr. Trenton has said, "Would you consider having LA Air or LA Werewolf on as a guest?" Uh, best wishes. I actually am not familiar with this YouTuber. Are you? Sure. S send us a, a link, and we'll take a look. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, El Presidente says Skull. Thank you for that. Yes. Attack Alpaca. How about those Vikings, Matt? Completely understandable if you have some filling in for someone filling in for you next Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So next Sunday is the NFC Championship game. I mean, I'm I, the nice thing is I do the majority of the prep work before the game. If I saved it for after the game, not only would there be no time, but I would be in a... I'm not kidding you. Like, I had 
anxiety. It went from like rage because they choked so hard. It went from genuine rage to like unbelievable joy and surprise and shock within about a half hour's time. Sports. Yes. I have an unhealthy emotional investment in this team. It's, it's not, it's not good. I should, I, I shouldn't, but I do. Whatever, oh, I was going to say about the football game too. I said on Twitter, I will fully acknowledge that when Diggs scored the game-winning touchdown, I reacted out loud like a total hypocrite. I I yelled. I you know you I clapped. jumped up and down. I don't know if I clapped, but I made noise. I made noise. I was a full hypocrite. Now you have to be executed by firing squad. Fine, that it was worth rules. it. To, it was worth it to watch the game. <laughs> I'll have to think about it. I'm going to try to make a case that reacting to a live sporting event is different from oh my reacting God, to you a were the worst. recorded movie. <laughs> I'll have to make some kind of distinction, but for now, I'll acknowledge the hypocrisy. Oh, I hate you so much. Uh, Jachi Boy said, couldn't hold it in, could you, Blonde? And that must be because I was laughing through the whole intro. I'm sorry, guys. I know that. Yeah. Um, the Ace Thunder, donation for the awesome intro. Thank you. Thanks. Meeks, did you know Don Lemon gets turned on every time he talks about shitholes? It's his whole of choice. Oh, oh hold on. Hold on. Uh, I always... You, you know, it's part funny. of the bit that I'm not prepared with the rim shots when we start Super Chat. That's part of the fun, but that was worthy. But Don Lemon is. No. <laughs> oh, come on. That, that was one pretty wasn't, good. No, that one that wasn't was like good a, enough. a good joke for a girl. That was solid. Okay, for a girl. Hey. Uh, Evan Thompson, congrats on Vikes win, Matt. As a Falcons fan, your Vikings ripped the heart out of the Saints. Uh, took a little of the sting away from yesterday. I wanted the Falcons to win because I want the Vikings revenge to her. I want revenge on the Falcons for 98. But yeah, that was a tough game. That was a tough game for the Falcons. So I... Thought I was going to experience your plight for about an hour today, and and then um, my faith got restored on a moment's notice. Oh God, um, Kingsley Oberqua, woo boy, that may have been my favorite intro. Me too. I think that was my favorite intro. <laughs> Love it when blonde can't help but laugh. Fantastic show. Keep up the glorious Thank work. You. Thank you so much. Slasher greetings from future shithole country of Canada. Thanks to Justin. <laughs> Come for brains. Trudeau. <laughs> we got uh, we got a little a Justin cameo later. He'll talk about some of the Canadian hoax hate. So, Justin coming up. Um, Chicago Thank conservative you. says skull clap, skull clap. Yes, indeed. I presume he wanted me to clap, but I don't know. I, I'll clap. There we go. There we go. Let's clap. What if it would be better if it was a live performance? But sure, <laughs> I'm clapping. Yeah. Morgan Smallbone, blonde. Please use your matchmaking skills to unite James Demore and Lindsay Shepard. I want red pill babies. I actually, I would love if Lindsay Shepard and Matt hooked up. That that would be amazing. But James Damore has a feminist girlfriend. I've heard him talk about it um, on a few different occasions. So he's not single. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Tonenheimer. by the way. What? You're going to get me a Me Too accusation and keep talking like that. <laughs> I disavow. <laughs> Tonenheimer says, as a Lions fan from Detroit, school, go, go, go Vikings. Well, thanks. Um, Redicus, is hoax hate equally silly to the fried chicken frisbee? I forgot about that story. <laughs> And that was I in think, St. Louis too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. We we were talking about that last week too. That might be the the ridiculousness of the allegation in combination with her hysteria in reaction. That might be the most ridiculous one. Just the over least the top. believable for the audience that didn't listen to that episode. There was this story out of St. Louis that, like, a black woman driving on Highway 141, somebody threw a piece of fried chicken into her open window as both cars were driving. Like that is yes. incredible accuracy. And she had and she had this over the top hysteria crying on Facebook video reaction <laughs> talking about how hard life is because people throw chicken at her. Oh man, if somebody threw fried chicken in my car, I'd be like, oh, awesome. <laughs> I'd probably eat it. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Evil Fuzzy said, splitting my time between reading my novel, playing Skyrim, and listening to Beauty and the Beta. Done almost 90 pages in two weeks now. Awesome. Good job. Well, that, that's tough. Just write it out. Until you I get got the ready. Skyrim remaster, and I think I'm the only person in the world who was bored by Skyrim. I put like five hours into it, and I was like, eh. Not for me. And I haven't played it since. It's been like a year. I don't know what you're talking about. So, all right. I'll have to, I like RPGs too. I'll have to get back into it. I hope you're enjoying it though. That's not right. Said Matt and I once made love in Hawaii. We gave each other missile warnings all night long, if you know what I mean. Nice. I haven't followed that story, but I do know it enough about wild. it to get the joke. I can't believe that that happened. I mean, we didn't yeah. cover it because it's kind of, there's not, there's not much meat there. Some employee just screwed up and pressed the wrong button and then alerted everybody that they were going to be incinerated in their homes. So <laughs> yeah. that happened. Yeah. Um, RK said, Blonde, you should take the ferry and go visit Polsbo. Check out uh, Daughters of Norway meeting. Being with non-cucked ancestral kin will recharge you. Funny that you mentioned that because um, when, right after my fiance proposed, which um, he did in Oregon, we uh, drove through Polsbo, and it is just the most adorable little Swedish town. But um, I can't live there because of the public school situation. So we did already already rule it out. But it's a really, really cool town. Uh, thank you for that, Joel Dykeman. Matt, enjoyed your coverage of Dankula so much. Got me inspired. Going to start a dog training business covering the basics. Roman salute. <laughs> you stepping. Jew defense. I'll call it the third rough. <laughs> that is great. Well, thank you for that. That was uh, it's, it's the most fun I've had making a video in some time. So I, I always like it when a topic... Um, it kind of ignites a, a fire under me a little bit and also yeah. is ripe for comedy potential. And that and was it. Joel so, Bish. Is that his name? J uh, Joe Bish. Joe and Bish. by the way, yeah. Joe Bish, you ever want to respond? Uh, I, I'm more than willing to do that. I'm I more don't than think to that a man that wears a romper is going to make it very long on the show. <laughs> I just... I just don't think he's calling back, dude. I don't want to rip him like that, but it's like really, he, I want he, to. I want to absolutely destroy him. I just, he sets the precedent. It's like, all right, yeah. we make it personal. Let's go personal. Let's do yeah, it. Let's, let's do let's it. Let's do it right now. Cracking knuckles, you fat know? fruit, <laughs> a romper. <laughs> Nine. Uh, Redicus said that guy had previously robbed that same store and come back. He looks like a skinny little soy boy. Be better, or he better be glad he didn't have lead poisoning. Hmm. He said so we robbed that store before, eh? I, I hadn't heard I that. I didn't that, read that. But, geez, I mean, that's the second try. That's even dumber. Yeah, that makes it worse. <laughs> oh, no. Presumably, you would have scouted that out before. You know, if you knew if you knew the spot you were working with. <sighs> um, Dan Irish said, "Fuck Marcus Williams." Yeah. <laughs> It's a football um, reference. He's the player who blew it. He wanted to see the Vikings fail and he thought he was going to get it, but he's a bitter Packers fan whose season is over. And uh, he's just, he's upset about that. That's fine. You're living the life that Vikings, Vikings fans live most years. Let us have our moment. It's just one year for our cute little team. You don't have to be bitter about it. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> All right, whatever, guys. Yeah. Travis Valle said, years ago, a friend told me he was illegal. I didn't know what to do, so I gave him food, let him shower at my place and sleep on my couch. I did everything I could to keep him here until I survived. <laughs> I and S arrived. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. You guys are awful. I love our live chat. They're terrible people. I mean, what would you do if your friend was yeah. like, I'm here illegally? Because I definitely would be like, all right, they're, already, they're on their way. That uh, I don't know. I've never encountered that situation. I would like to say that I would do the right thing, and I believe that there is a legal and moral responsibility for you to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, but I can see the dilemma. I can certainly see the dilemma, especially if you're really close with that person. 
Uh, let's do a few more. Um, and if I don't get to you, we'll circle back. Uh, Freshenator2 said, hey, Matt, do you want to join Sargon of Akkad's? If you don't join me, then you're my enemy, liberalist, individualist, collective. Oh, boy. Uh, I can't comment on that right now. Um, but I have seen the video, and I can say that with the values that are articulated, I generally agree. But I, I am a, I am a allergic to ideological group identity like that. I just, I, like I said, I don't like surrendering control of my individualism over to a group or another person. I, I, I very much hesitate. I, mean, I hope it works. I hope it works. I hope they're successful with it. All right, whatever. That's fine. Uh, Joseph Kalisics, Trump should let Dem shut down the government every day of lost pay furloughed workers is another bargaining chip for Trump. Hmm. I guess I haven't thought about that. <clears throat> this has escaped my notice for the last few weeks. Hmm. Um, two more Falcon Millennial, $5 for my favorite Aryan podcast. I don't know about <laughs> that. Jeez. And last one for right now, tune in, drop out. Durbin went to the press hoping to back Trump into a corner. Have to believe that is going to to backfire big time. Do Is that a reference <laughs> to the shithole countries thing? Do we know who actually, we don't know the source, do we? Or is this uh, a reference to The Washington Post, they were the only people to initially report on it and i think right it was but we don't know like who who made the claim um to the, Washington the name Post. escapes me but it was it was two of the dems that were you know in the room yeah um, okay we'll come back to the rest of these then okay so you i have not looked at this at all but you've had time to look through james demore's lawsuit so i'm yeah yeah i, I i'm the the summary that you have is new to me as well so i'm excited to learn about this so we have basically what a summary of like the juiciest details that are in this thing. Yeah, this is so long. I'm sorry about that. Um, so give me, the, give me the top points. Let me first of all, one. I should say that I got a lot of because the the uh, complaint is 160 pages long, so I wasn't going to read all of it. But Independent Man made the most comprehensive video about that. We've linked it below and uh, and check it out if you want to because I had to cut out a lot of really important stuff in here. But basically, the gist of it: uh, James Demore filed a class action lawsuit for discrimination against men conservatives and Caucasians. And he did it with another Google employee, uh, David Gudeman. Um, and half the complaint is about David Gudeman's case. And he was fired for much of the same thing, except what he did was say some pretty benign things about Muslims and Trump in- um, Did this happen before or after Demore? Presumably uh, before? It was, it was a similar timeline. Okay. Um, I guess I'll just read you one of these things that he said really quick. He said, it, uh, this, is, this is one of the reasons that this guy, the other, co-complaint filer the yeah. other that he was that let he me was know fired. the do you have the pages handy so i can kind of um this is on. actually the only one that i don't have the page okay. number on yeah, yeah. Uh, it's ironic how many of the comments support the premise of the question anyone who believes president trump will be out to get minorities women or gays has absorbed mm -hmm. a lot of serious lies from their echo chamber and the echo chamber is entirely one-sided you can't watch tv or go to movies without being constantly confronted with the leftist worldview leftists can go their whole lives never being exposed to the conservative worldview except in shows written by people hostile to it. So when I read that, I was like, that seems totally benign to me, right? I, I don't, I don't, it's, he's just saying that there's a leftist echo chamber. Um, and yeah. I read the other stuff that he, that he said, um, and these were in Google forums. This wasn't at work or anything like that. This is just stuff he posted online. And mm -hmm. it was equally benign. He said a few things about Muslims. Um, so yeah, fired, basically no discussion about it. So hopefully um, he's going to get some kind of settlement or, or raise awareness to this. But as far as James Damore is concerned, uh, I basically wrote this outline under the impression that everybody had read his document. Have, you've read it, right? No, as in this lawsuit complaint? Or no, in, no, no, no. Oh, his, oh, his, his original, original document. document. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so let's go to page five. I thought that this was important. He has an exemplary record at Google. He was promoted eight months before his firings. He got bonuses up to 20% of his salary. He had never been disciplined. He had exceptional performance reviews. And uh, his academic history is sparkling. I think he went to Harvard. Um, so, you know, th they really wanted him at Google. He, he was their ideal employee. They didn't expect this at all. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think that's important because they can't, they can't weasel their way out of this by saying he, he wasn't a good employee. He wasn't providing any value or service here. They simply can't do that. I mean, they have however many years he worked there of all of his performance records saying that he was doing an, an excellent job getting raised year after year. Uh, so I, I don't know what they're going to do about that. Hmm. Um, okay, let's go to page six. So at the end of March 2017, there was a weekly meeting at Google where two female Google executives were brought in as presenters, and they began to go to individual departments and shame departments that had fewer than 50% female employees, <laughs> and then reward departments that had more than 50%. It actually says shamed in here, too. Yeah, in the complaint, yeah. it says shame, yeah. Yeah, um, the TGIF meeting on March 30th was entitled Women's History Month, and Google brought two female presenters for this get-together. Um, and so, yeah, they were just going around being like, well, so so, so it wasn't like uh, they were like, you have 50% men, 50% women. Good job. They were going around saying you have to have more than 50% women in your department. Or or it sounds like they were just send, sending these well, two women around. Well, women less than 50. So, I mean, presumably they might say good job for 50-50. We'll see about that. I mean, um, so during I, I shouldn't all of give this, them the benefit of the doubt probably, but, you know. Why? Um, during all of this, James Moore was, you know, he was accumulating, he was internalizing all this information. He's being sent to all of these uh, diversity meetings. He's getting all of these inclusion memos. And I think that this is when he probably start to, started to wake up. Uh, and then they had a diversity and inclusion summit. This is page seven. Okay. Um, and this is what spawned the memo. The summit was organized by Google's senior vice president and other members of Google's leadership, um, covered general topics such as how Google could increase its diversity. Specifically, uh, Google presenters went through some of their policies that were designed to accomplish this as treating preferred categories of people, women, certain uh, but not all ethnic minority groups. They actually say not Asians in here. They're like, no Caucasians, no Asians. <laughs> Uh, differently during the hiring process by providing extra interviews and putting applicants into a more welcoming environment based on their race or their gender. Ah. Mm. Uh, they also were discussing diverse individuals and high priority cues so yeah. that they were more likely to be hired. And Line hired 36. You're, you're, I just want to emphasize that one more time. Google defined diverse individuals as women or individuals who are not Caucasian or Asian. That's, I don't understand when they say, when people say things like, a certain race cannot be diverse. Like diversity is a concept that is uh, made with reference to other people. Yeah. You have to have a mix to have diversity. Right, so right. how is a group of... This is the most anti-individual thing that I've ever heard. It's like there's, there's no chance for you to differentiate yourself as an individual because being a white male precludes you from being yeah. part of a diverse group. Which is incredible. Diversity I, means that you have one of uh, one of each. You know? Yeah, it's like I lost my mind when I was watching that episode um, where they were responding to the Lindsay Shepard stuff at Laurier, and they had that. I think he was a biology professor from another college, but he said uh, something to the effect of, "I'm a white male, so as someone who does not embody diversity, and it's like, 
if you're in a group of other races and genders, then yes, yeah, you, do. Then you do. But right now right. you're just saying that diverse mm -hmm. means not white, which I know people say that all the time. Diversity is code word for not white. But this, I mean, this flat out, if this is accurate, Google defines diverse. If that is a verifiably true statement, then that is not a conspiracy theory to say diversity means not white. That is mm -hmm. the definition that they're okay. offering. That's insane. Um, okay, let's go to page 11. And then they had this in-person training. It seems like he had been voicing his opinions and they were trying to get him to walk it back. So they they mandated that he goes to this in-person training called bias busting. And Google discussed how bias against women exists in the workplace and how white male privilege exists in the workplace. Hmm. And the train was run by the training was run by an unbiasing group. <laughs> an unbiasing group. This is the most Orwellian speak I've ever heard in my life. An unbiasing group or are they serious with this? Yeah. It's, um, it's right after the unlearning meeting, you know. Oh God! And the and the, yeah. and the wrong think and right think. I know, I know, and that that was a twenty employees yeah. were involved in this, and uh, apparently Demore spoke out. He disagreed with this one sided approach, and verbalized dissent. And so I guess I guess the memo was born, and then he started getting he started getting threatened. I know, and that's always been a key component of Demore's position too. It's like I'm not even saying my side is the right side, but can we just get a balanced discussion? I just disagree with this one-sided approach. Can we get some balance in the perspectives? That's yeah, all I'm and looking I've, for. I've heard him be very consistent about that. I, I haven't even heard him really take a stance. And he had a page in his memo where he's talking about uh, solutions so that Google can attract more female employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's go to page 12 because this is where things get, get really juicy. Um, on August 3rd, 2017, George Sadlier, a director at Google, sent out a mass email condemning James' essay as repulsive and intellectually dishonest <laughs> and promising an HR investigation into Damore. Salzer also pro uh, promoted posts that advocated for physical violence against Damore. Subsequently, on Friday, August 4th, 2017, Damore received a late night email from Alex Hidalgo. Hidalgo? Hidalgo? Yeah, wasn't that the movie with uh, Viggo Mortensen? I don't know. <laughs> That's one movie reference I know, even though I've never seen the movie. Look at that. I don't even get it. Uh, site reliability engineer at Google and stated, quote, you're a misogynist and a terrible person. I will keep hounding you until one of us is fired. Fuck you. So mm. this is an email he's getting from a high-ranking individual at Google. This is not okay. like a, a personal... Yeah email you know yeah i was gonna say it doesn't necessarily matter if it's like a peer who just personally emails him i mean that's not good but if but if it's a person in management it's significantly worse yeah yeah hmm. um okay let's go to page 13 so wow, and then, yeah here's the here's the email as well it's uh yeah. so it's not just you know that this is legit it's yeah. got a screenshot right. it's it's um it's verified um so he sent this to hr and he was told that he needed to work from home indefinitely because of the, of the controversy he had he had caused and then after he had been working from home for a few days they called him and fired him and the official reason for that was for perpetuating gender stereotypes and he was also told in that phone call that he had um no option for appeal and that it was not going to be discussed any further hmm. yep um so what this uh lawsuit is alleging is uh the main thing that I got from this that I that I was surprised by, I, I, I wasn't surprised by much, but uh, page 15, Google employees were awarded bonuses for arguing against Demore's view. And, wow. and reading between okay. the lines, it sounds like some of these were were definitely monetary. So let me read through this really quick. Um, <clears throat> 
the Google recognition team allowed employees to give fellow employees peer bonuses for arguing against Demore's political viewpoints. Peer bonuses were typically reserved for outstanding work performance or for going above and beyond an employee's job duties, defending the liberal agenda, or defending violations of California employment law um, is not in any of Google employees' job description. And they do in the complaint, if you guys want to check it out, they do have correspondence um, that corroborates this. Hmm. Like like people talking about how they're going to receive this award from the recognition team and everything. It's it's really crazy. I didn't I didn't think they were actually being rewarded for this. It's like a Pavlovian response where where they're like, oh, good job for talking about the wage gap. Here's a cookie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and similarly, this was another thing that I was really surprised by was that they did actively keep this internal log of blacklisted employees. Hmm. And there's a really interesting correspondence on page 34 and 35 um, with Stephanie Van Dyke. And she's talking about how she's been keeping this shit list and then somebody responds, a manager Stephanie's at Google. shit list. Yeah, she calls Very creative, I know, Stephanie. Right? Good job. Um, then one of the managers at Google is responding to her and saying and talking about the um, legality of this. Like, I don't know if you can actually do if you can actually do this. I would talk to legal before assembling a list of people who are possibly creating a hostile workplace. <laughs> it seems, yeah, it seems insane that they would do this. This was a public, publicly accessible list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was an internal list of people that had been banned internally on Google Plus for saying conservative things. Okay. So but much, it was still accessible by anyone within the company. No, I think it was more of like an informal thing that was exchanged between managers. And okay, I also okay. don't know what what message service they're using. It looked like the, the other guy that I think his name was Dave that that's in this complaint. Like he had been he was being reprimanded for posting something on Facebook. It looked like a Facebook post in the complaint, but they didn't, yeah. they didn't mention. And then some of it they were just saying it was internal communication on Google forums. I think that's hmm. what the complaint said. So I don't know if these people are messaging each other in Gmail or or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um but anyway, about this blacklist. Uh, and I know that if I ever sue Google for harassment, I should demand to see all manager shit lists. To see if this is something Wait, management already knew. What page is this on? Happen. I gotta see this. Hmm? What page was that on? I gotta 34. See this. Ah, it's not that important. I just wanted to read it directly. Um, I, I just mean, find it's... it hilarious that they, they don't call this anything more stealthy than shitless. Yeah. It's yeah. a bunch of chicks. What do you expect? Hmm. Um, so most of it is actually... Uh, emails but if you want to go back to page 16 there is one email that i wanted to read because this was one of the really bad ones like really really bad um this is comb buckley he's an sre director so it sounds like he's pretty high ranking as well um all right are you there yep <laughs> okay you know there are certain alternative views uh including different political views which i do not want people to feel safe to share here <laughs> My tolerance ends at my friend's terror. Oh, come on. You can believe that women or minorities are unqualified all you like. I can't stop you. But if you say it out loud, then you deserve what's coming to you. Nobody yes, made that case. <laughs> yes, this is silencing. I intend to silence these views. They are, and this is in bold, violently <laughs> offensive. Take your false equivalents and your fake symmetry and shove them hard up where the sun don't shine. Now, can you manage if you work if you work for Google and you get this from some kind of managing director, you see something like this circulating? It's incredible to me. And I'm not even sure what he means. False equivalence and fake symmetry. That sounds like your agenda. Everything has to be exactly. falsely symmetrical and falsely proportionate. You don't care about individual choices and the reality that that women and the the way that 
even certain races may choose or not choose to participate in this field of work. You, you, you care about everything being perfectly symmetrical, even when individual choice is not creating right. that symmetry. You're the one who cares about fake symmetry. I don't even know what he means there. Yeah, it's mostly meaningless jargon. And there's one more email that I did want to read. It's page okay. 32. It's Kim Burchett. And she's an SWE manager. But I don't know what any of these acronyms mean if you're if you're an engineer or whatever. Uh, let me yeah, know something that. something engineer maybe. Software something engineer. Who knows? Um, so her name's Kim Burchett. Are you there yet? Which page? Sorry. Uh, 32. Oh, sorry. I went to the wrong one. Whoops. She's got okay, a real yeah. man face, too. Oh, yeah. She looks like she belongs in Hanson, basically. <laughs> Hanson woman. Um, I'm considering creating a public inside Google document of, quote, people who make diversity difficult. <sighs> Please share here any suggestions, criticism, or words of warning. I'm thinking of something like a Google Doc that accepts comments and which calls out those Googlers who repeatedly made public statements that are unsupportive of diversity with links to those statements so that readers can decide for themselves. This sounds like social <laughs> autopsy. The list will be open to contributions from other users, but I personally will be the judge of what is included and what is excluded. Right. So I it's will... a democratic witch hunt. Yeah, like exactly. They, you know, it's still a witch hunt, but they put the evidence up there for everyone to make their own democratic it's decision so crazy. about it. Yeah. I will oh. do my best to represent the individuals fairly, compassionately, and in context. I expect the list to start with just a handful of people. And if it ever grows to more than 0.5% of Googlers, then I will delete it as a failed idea. Things I'm still pondering, should inclusion on the list require something resembling a trial? <laughs> resembling a trial. Hey, at least she's all for due process. I like that. That's, that's a get step this, up. Get this. Should people be removed after some period of time if they start behaving better? <laughs> so she just gets to have just unilateral control over this crazy witch trial, but she'll yeah. try to remain objective, How guys. about we put Kim Burchett up on some list somewhere and everyone gets to rate her from one to ten, and if she drops below a five, she gets fired. Yeah. I think she's well no, no, below she five right if, it, if it goes to more than 0.5 of Googlers that she would delete the list because it included too many people. I think that's... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, the the, the assumed self-importance and authority here is like, well, clearly I, I'm a good person to... I'm a great person. I'm a good person. I should set up this tribunal for others. I know. Oh, for their just, wrong think it's a total drumhead oh, I, I don't it's know astounding I, I am not surprised by very much these days but when i was looking through this complaint i was like holy shit it has pages of appendix of all of the these email correspondence i really encourage you guys to check it out links in the description it's super interesting um but i think they have a real case here yeah it'll be interesting to watch it really will it's it's exciting I, it's nice to see them get some of this back and uh it's just like a twitter we're about to talk about but we knew these things were going on and it just makes me feel it makes me feel good to know that that i can hear it i'm not being gaslit anymore yeah <laughs> like there's, this. there's this and there's twitter as you said and it'd probably be a good time to transition into that in the interest of time here but uh it does feel good. You don't want these things to be going on, but at the same time, you don't want to be wearing a tinfoil hat either. And these, yeah. as you said, these are things we kind of suspected to be true. And again, this is a complaint. The screenshots are helpful. The screenshots are hard to deny, but it is, it's a complaint from one perspective. So we can't treat it as, as um, absolute fact or complete fact, comprehensive fact. Uh, but it is, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And it shows us that there's some level of this internal uh 
internal wrong thing policing and, and so forth at, at Google that there's no reason to presume that it doesn't go. If it's internal at Google among their employees, there's no reason to presume that that attitude doesn't extend outward to consumers of Google who may be posting on their platforms like YouTube or Google yeah. Plus or whatever. And we already know that that, that was happening too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we should do some super chat and then, or do you, you want to, should, should we just crank, crank out? Um, yeah, let's just, let's just talk let's, about it. Cause I haven't, this is new to me too. This project Veritas Twitter stuff. Yeah. I mean, I hope that, that most people have seen this. I don't have much of an intro for this, but I actually you know. have not, I've not even seen it yet. Are you serious? Oh, I've so seen good. like the summary, but I've not seen the video. Um, yeah, we'll check it out after this. It's 15 minutes. I didn't, I had to, um, edit it down to like two and a half or something like that, but it is just filled with bombshell after bombshell. This is some of project Veritas best work. They really got those informants in there. Yeah. Oh, let's check it out. Any, any can I just go ahead and play it? Any more yeah. introduction? Okay. So this is James O'Keefe operatives talking to, do we know who the people are from Twitter? Like what their role is? Yeah. They, they he, uh, he, he explains. All right. Pranay Singh is an engineer for Twitter's direct messaging team. I don't know who did that. Yeah, his account went down. Oh, we pause for a second. They're talking about Donald Trump's account going down, and the guy, this engineer, is like, oh, I, I didn't know about that. He's kind of drunk. He seems kind of drunk. Yeah. Um, and uh, keep going. I just All wanted right. to clarify. Oh, it might be the U.S. government pressure. What? Strategy is to shadow ban so that you have ultimate control. The idea of a shadow ban is that you ban someone, but they don't know they've been banned because they keep posting. That's his former software engineer. He's no longer with Twitter? Yeah, I don't know when that happened, but... Okay. That To me, that might do some credibility damage. But I don't know if he was employed at the time of interview. Okay. Thing, but no one sees their content. I've heard talk that it's a good thing because they'll use it to ban like Trump supporters mm -hmm. or conservatives. So I didn't know if like that's just a rumor or if that's true. That's a thing. That's a thing? That's a thing. Yeah. Imagine like you have all the tweets ever that happened like from the beginning of time uh -huh. reverse chronology. Right. So like until we get to the actual system that like brings the timeline. We just like, we have a, a bunch of filters removing some tweets. Let's go to a random tweet and um, like just look at the followers. Yeah. It'll all be like, trans God America. Like, yeah. with the American flag and like the cross. Yeah, no one really Like, who says that? Who talks like that? It's, it's <laughs> for sure a bot. You just delete them, but like the problem is there are hundreds of thousands of them. So you've got to like write algorithms that do it for you. Oh man, there's all those patriots out there loving America. And then he just <laughs> assumes they're all bots because he's like, no one would like America. They're just bots. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, yeah. It's like an algorithm that you write where like you can like look for things, right? So like if there's like people who are like American guns, can you like write an algorithm and just take all those people out? Oh uh, yeah. It's actually how we do it. Yeah. Pretty close. You should. Uh, you should be an engineer. <laughs> Oh man, we're like totally gonna hook up later, right? Uh, that's, that's how they did it. They just like <laughs> go in and give these thirsty Indian Indian engineers like a martini and then drop some hot blonde chick in there. And they just <laughs> they're spilling company secrets in like three seconds. And then she says something totally self-evident. And all the guys involved are like, Wow, you're so smart. You should be an engineer like us. You're so smart. You just figured this out all on your own. Yeah, yeah. That's funny.
Good strategy, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. If, I mean, I can't deny that if I were in a position like this, if, it probably would work on me too. I'm not even saying this is an indictment on those guys per se. I don't know. Enough I don't drinks know. And a hot, I think... Enough drinks and a hot enough chick who you believe uh, it's going to happen with. You might be surprised what you say. I, maybe I should have edited that out, but I, I had to leave in the Indian dancing too. It's funny. It is funny. That's how you do it. What? She's a very smart. That's how you do it. I would say the majority of it are for Republicans. She's all from Russia and they wanted Trump to win. What? what? Does he mean like Russian bot accounts? Or yeah, what so I think that he assumes that all these conservative accounts are Russian bot accounts. Oh, yeah, and so that's how he's rationalizing just outright deleting them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every single conversation is going to be rated by a machine, and the machine is going to say whether or not it's a positive thing or a negative thing. Oh. And whether it's positive or negative, that's not more content. But more it's like if somebody's being aggressive or not, right? Somebody's like just cursing at somebody, like, oh, whatever, whatever. They might have a point, but it'll just like vanish. But we're going to trust technology to judge whether they have a point or not. It's incredible. And from what I can understand, tell me if I'm wrong about that in the comments or the live chat, they're also referring to DMs. Yeah, one of them, it's definitely said DM engineer. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, it looks like they're also mining this information and shadow banning people, not just based on what they're tweeting, but what they're DMing to one another. For their private correspondence. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll keep commentary brief because, you know, we are running on the clock here. But uh, but yeah, again, it's it's interesting to see some confirmation of what we all suspect to be true. I think it's appropriate to qualify this. I'm a little bit hesitant based on the former engineer stuff there i'd want to know more specifically how long it's been and what their role was it says it says they were software engineers but that that makes me slightly hesitant but i should watch the full video before before casting too much doubt on it so after i watched this i was like okay i'm going to appeal my twitter account one more time since i was suspended for hate speech for saying fag so i appealed again they got back to me within an hour they were like absolutely not and so I tried to create another Twitter account just to see what would happen. And then that account got suspended within just five minutes of creating it. They must do it by IP. Yeah. That is the only to. way. So I can't have a Twitter account at all ever again. Yeah. Presumably neither could your fiance from the apartment. Right. right. That'd be an interesting test. Like make a, a Twitter account of your fiance and see if it stays up. <laughs> That's just outrageous. Hmm. It's outrageous to me that they can just, you know, I heard Stephen Molyneux say this today. Uh, it's like giving somebody land and then they build a house on it and then they take the land back and they're like, well, we're just going to demolish the house. <laughs> yeah, I guess and so. I'm like, what? I mean, I had 24,000 followers before they just deleted my account with no oh, recourse. Yeah. And, and you were you were a, a more aggressive tweeter than I was. And I don't mean just in terms of your con- the content <laughs> of your tweets. I mean, in the volume and like yeah. the overall enthusiasm. Yeah, I, uh, I really I, like Twitter yeah. and, and I'm never going to be able to use it again. That's, that's, a, that's a bummer to me just because... I'm right-leaning. Yeah. Yep. All right. Should we take some super chats and then we'll cover the last two stories before we get to Tim Pool, which is uh, the Canadian hoax hate two for one and more drag queen kids to challenge lactation. God, you are a monster. Um, Brom 39. Oh, actually, I'm going to skip that one. Uh, Mr. Scott said, Spock, Mr. Spock, screw the Sargon liberalists and the shitholes they live in. (laughs) Jeez. That's harsh. (laughs) Well, whatever. Good for you, Mr. Spock. P Dog Knight said, "Skull motherfucker." Indeed, I'm gonna say it was. It's such a awesome night that I grabbed two silver bullets. <laughs> One of those going. nights. Oh yeah, we're going wild tonight. <laughs> Bob Smith, hey Matt, here's five dollars towards your hooker fund. 
another 15 and you can be the king of third street. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Thank you. I appreciate it. Boogeyman 917. Here's a shithole tip for all of you to do to this country. Wait, wait, wait. Here's a shithole tip for all you do to keep this country out of the shithole. Cheers. Ah, thank well, thank you. you. I appreciate, appreciate it. Sorry, I can't read. It's because I'm blind, not because I'm stupid. <laughs> Jess Han <laughs> said a little of a little bit. Uh, saw Jumanji this week. Oh, I, I love that movie. Uh, small children in the front row clapped. No, the, the new end. Jumanji though. What? There's a new Jumanji. Yeah, it's got, I heard it's actually kind of good. Surprisingly, it's got like Kevin Hart and uh, Jack Black. They're and stuff. remaking Jumanji. I am so old. Yeah. My God, I remember seeing that. But anyway, so, someone clapped. Um, small best, children in the front row clapped at the end. We laughed and scowled just for you. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll grant an exception for children. Okay, I'm not going to get mad at children for reacting to things. Uh, but Josh, if you're an adult, if you're an adult, definitely get fucked. Whatever. You're, you're insane about this. <laughs> Josh Han, you guys are killing it in the super chat. I love seeing you too. So obviously having fun. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. I appreciate Well, thanks. That. It's not fake. We do genuinely enjoy making this yeah, show. I can really confirm. It is fun. I uh, appreciate it. Part of the show, Dan Irish, giving a rim shot to Blonde's bad joke is an example of the soft bigotry of low expectations. <laughs> you're into that one. That's so true. You shouldn't have done that for me, man. You needed to like let my I jokes tried to not hold land strong. or I'll yeah. never learn. You're the, you're the one who pressured me into it. I just am not very funny. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Jared McCoy it said... In, it, it goes in waves. It, it does go in waves. Ebbs and flows. Yeah. People who are consumed by race are racist. Um, yeah, I'll agree with, with that. With reference to the, to the Google lawsuit, I assume. I don't know. He could be referencing any one of our... He might stories. be referencing you. Who knows? <laughs> I know. <laughs> or the... Um, the convenience store holdup. J-Rock sure. said, hey, Matt, how do you respond to the allegations that KSI are just a bunch of dirty campers? <laughs> what? That is a, that's an inside joke. Uh, we, we, uh, we categorically deny we are the greatest clan uh, on uh, not just Call of Duty, but any, any shooter game. I can't make a joke about this because people won't get it. Just keep going. Thank that you. That is I, the I, definition I, of an inside joke. So. I appreciate the reference. Thank you. Gregory Hurst said, edit media reactions to shithole quotes so they're crying over Dankula's dog. <laughs> also, <laughs> Trump should hold press conference in Haiti and say, prove me wrong. <laughs> That's good. I like it. He should just set up a podium at a shithole, by which I mean one of these open defecation pools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Metzger said, greetings from one of your oldest fans. I'm 68. You're the best two hours on the internet. Blonde, you got to have faith in the God Emperor. Thank you. Thank you for that. I know. I kind of felt stupid after he made this shithole comment because I was like, oh, there he is. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. This right. is why I voted. That's for why him. I voted. Did for Ann him. Coulter comment on the shithole, um, the shithole countries thing? I'm sure, but I never check out her Twitter anymore. I, I saw bet her she thought it was hilarious. rage tweeting about the, the meeting, but I have yeah. not seen co her commentary on shithole countries. She was really pissed. Really, mm. really, really pissed. Um, Redica said, I want to see what comes out during the discovery stage of the James Damore lawsuit. Yeah. Me too. Me too. It's going to be much of the same, I think. There's so much information in the complaint. Um, I, I don't really know what kind of defense they're going to launch. There's clearly a culture of discrimination against white men and conservatives. I, I mean, obviously. Yeah, it is interesting to see how this is flipped, you know? Yeah. There I mean, is also a clause in the complaint where they talk about doing speaking engagements, and they say that you should only do a speaking engagement if you ask if the white men on the panel are replaced with women of color. Oh, <laughs> It says this in the complaint. Check it out, you guys. I, oh. I read that and I was like, are you goddamn kidding me? So if you're a white man and an engineer at Google, you get a speaking engagement at some college. You just want to talk about tech stuff. You have to ask for other panelists that are white men to be removed and replaced. Oh, 
God. That's so embarrassing. It's like, you're just going to send me out to do a bunch of embarrassing social justice warrior crap. Why would you want to be a Google employee outside of the money? Well, I guess formerly the prestige, but a lot of that prestige is, um, it's fading away really quickly here. No, I mean, it just seems like a crazy place to work. Um, David Howard said, Caucasians are Asian too, hashtag. Uh, Reddick has said, when do re-education camps start? I don't know. Yeah, we're uh, close. We're getting we're, there. We're pretty close, yeah. Kingsley Oberqua, I actually work for a large tech company and this seems believable. Good thing I'm a person of color, so I just keep my mouth shut and accept my diversity <laughs> hire. I don't know. Maybe you're not. Gosh. Who knows? Um, that, that, that's the unfortunate side effect, though, yeah. too. I mean, obviously, neither of us know whether that's true. Maybe this person has some information. But isn't that a shame that this person has to have that nugget of doubt within him or her yeah. about, like, Even am I Even though they might because... be legitimately qualified. Right. Am I here because I am legitimately qualified and talented to do this job? Or am I here because they were checking a box about the color of my skin? That yeah. sucks that you have to ask that question. I would hate that. Yeah. Um, Fat Roan said, what do you guys think of the Aziz Ansari thing from the article I saw? Seems the narrative of feminism is women are helpless daisies with no free will. Yeah, I was yeah. reading about this yesterday. I don't know. Have you heard about the Aziz Ansari? I've only seen the headlines. I saw James Franco too. And it's just, it's... Well, Aziz Ansari is different because... Is it? Just based okay. on this girl's story, like everything she says, she's not making any allegations that even fall under the umbrella of any kind of legitimate sexual assault. So okay. it's just like... A, clearly a guy with just bad moves just bad moves oh, so like he, so he tried to make a move and it was just awkward or yeah something? yeah and it's just this woman shit like if channing tatum tried exactly the same thing on this girl she would just be throwing her panties at him but because it's yeah, this yeah. like weird feminist ally little muslim guy she's like this is sexual assault is like, he in fact muslim do i have to fake he's news muslim. You on that? No, he's is muslim. he really yeah he talks about it in master of none in a stand-up routine oh, about how his parents are so scared Oh, I, well, I don't watch his stand. Well, okay, so I, I agree that women are acting like they're helpless daisies with no free will. I, I totally agree with that. Mm. And um, Aziz Ansari is, is, does not deserve this at all. However, I will say that he has done this feminist ally shit a whole bunch. And yeah. when you do stuff like that, you have to expect this shitstorm to just fling shit on you. That, like, that's an interesting moral dilemma because, of course, I would never say that any man is deserving of a false or inflated but or what bogus if you help accusation. But a climate that supports exactly. women doing crap like this? Exactly. And then it comes back on you and you're like, whoa. So the next thing that's going to happen and he's going to come out with some crazy groveling apology. It's going to destroy his career because there's going to be admission of guilt. Hmm. I'm calling it right now. Well, I, yeah, to your point, if you, if you uphold this culture, if you perpetuate it, if you glorify it, if you help advance it, I'm less sympathetic to you as a victim. I'm not saying you deserve to be a victim, it's but like Al I'm less sympathetic. I mean, this is kind of how I feel about Al Franken. Yeah. Um, Hugh N is POC is a stupid term for PC people to virtue signal while flattening out the actual individual experience of said colorful people. I also don't like the term person of color. Hmm. It's, I don't know. It's a new thing. I, I've only started hearing people you say it. You want to go back to colored folk? <laughs> colored folk. <laughs> I mean, what's the term we should use? I don't know. Isn't I don't it know. interesting? No, colored folk is offensive, but but person of color. Yeah, you could use the specific race, but the terms get so weird. Like you know, colored folk is associated with loosely racist grandmas, <laughs> but person of color is this uh, like woke. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. very tolerant, very progressive term. Weird. Uh, let's do a few more Chicago conservatives. Sad thing, Google won't care about the fine, and nothing will happen to anyone. No real consequences will occur for anyone. They will get away with it. Ooh, um, this is true. Bleak. My sister was saying this to me the other day and, and I agree to some degree because they are 
they're, they have their tentacles in all sorts of other industries. They're really well diversified. They're going to be able to, um, to get through this. And I think everything's going to be fine for them. But the real thing is that your average Google user is starting to notice things like this. And people will, will use modern conveniences up to the point where it becomes a personal danger for them. And then they'll adapt. And we're getting to the point where people know they can't trust Google. Hmm. I mean, your average Google user knows that there's going to be privacy violations and things like that, that they can't be trusted. I think that that's what we're getting to. And then we're just going to see the companies fall apart. Hmm. Um, Twitter doesn't make any money, though, so I don't know how this is going to play out. Yeah, well, you know, they just got to ban their way to prosperity. That seems like the business model right now. Uh, let's just do two more right now. Uh, dangerous spaces. Female Google employees stayed home because they found Demore's memo emotionally upsetting, <laughs> yet he was fired for perpetuating gender stereotypes. They, yeah, exactly. They should have been fired for perpetuating gender yeah. stereotypes. Yeah, really. I'm so <laughs> sad. I can't come to work. Yeah. Jeez. And last one for right now is Evil Zombie Toe. For Blonde, uh, from a white South African currently serving in the U.S. Army, thanks to your immigration exemption, I got to be an actual African-American. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I did say that on the show a few weeks ago. What did you say that South Africa? You was... asked me what I want to do about immigrants. And I said, we should only take Europeans and white South Africans. Oh yeah. Okay. Thanks, um, thanks for reliving the moment. So I can, I can get more, more Twitter people telling me. Why does anybody do you disavow? If you have a problem with Matt because of something I said, then, you know, you need to be coming to me because I never, ever hear from any of you. This, this is the thing too. It's like, do I have complete agreement with you on immigration issues? No. No. And I think we're generally in the, somewhere in the same ballpark, but we don't really agree on everything, nor should we. And that's kind of a premise of the show. And I don't care if people disagree with you. And quite frankly, I mean, it's yeah. funny, as you said, half of our comments tend to be, how can you do a show with this racist? And the other half is, how can you do a show with this cuck? Yeah, that's and, our comment uh, section every time. And that's the fun of it. And if you have dispute with something I say, absolutely email me and I'll get in touch with you. Well, but these, there are a select group of people who email me wanting to get me yeah. to like disavow or or critique something you've said no bring it to me they never want to yeah. come to me with it are you scared of me is that it <laughs> I, I don't understand I but don't there is why. this perception on the left that to have a show with somebody or to talk to somebody even to interview somebody you have to have complete ideological conformity it's like why sure. do people think this i i see people republicans on cnn sometimes it doesn't mean that that the person on cnn interviewing them suddenly agrees with everything that they yeah. say it's and idiotic. all these emails are like, you need to push back. It's like, one, you can push back in your own email. If yeah. I pushed back on every single thing that I disagree on, or if you did, now we'll push back gently on each other and to some extent. But if we pushed back to the nth degree, the show would be slower moving than I sometimes worry it already is. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we, but there is, there are time limitations. I'm sorry. We have different thoughts. We'll advance them and then we'll move on. We're also on, you know, different ideological paths. I don't know where I'm going to be in a year and I have to let this happen naturally irrespective of our relationship sure. so so sorry people if you got beef send it my way um let's yes just just, do... just email the one that you're mad at that's yeah, my only yeah, request right. let's do two more uh Redicus, yeah. how long before this diversity shit will be too expensive to keep afloat and the social trials sound like maoist uh, sound maoist during the great leap forward yeah hmm. exactly uh last one is freshinator two i like how google's being sued by james than being sued for the pay gap by paying women less by by these other women yeah that's a simultaneous lawsuit for for gender discrimination against women all right you know what time it is uh it must be hoax hate yep 
And now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. <laughs> you think they'll notice? It's In this case, it is, um, what, oh, I don't know. Trump, it's a product of Trump's America through uh, some sort of trickle down, trickle into Canada. These are These are two Canadian ones. That we have to talk about tonight. I'm just going to hop right into the first one. Uh, there was a hijab cutting by scissors of an 11 year old schoolgirl in Ontario. This happening on Friday morning, reportedly. An 11 year old girl leads this newscast with her personal account ah. of an attack universally condemned from the Prime Minister. Do you have personal appearance rips you would like to make against this I'm broadcaster? I'm scared of this lady, this dude. Yikes. She doesn't turn on down. Kalan Oman traded fear for composure and told her story about a man who suddenly lunged toward her to cut her hijab. Like kids all across the country, Kalan Oman was simply walking to school this morning when the grade six student was suddenly attacked. Her hood pulled back by a stranger armed with a pair of scissors who targeted her hijab. I feel um, confused, scared terrified. Me and my brother were walking together to school and mm. sadly um, someone um, insulted me by cutting my hijab. Noman, who was blocks from really? her junior public school, says the man ran away after she screamed. But minutes later, he came back and again cut her hijab from behind while smiling. Oh, he just smiled and ran away. The hijab, which has a 30 centimeter cut in it, was handed over to police as evidence. The one you see here was loaned by a friend. I'm just so happy she's one of those uh, emergency hijab kits I think she benefited from. But yes, this is the sobbing, teary mom. You might be able to see her uh, her tears. Unfortunately, they're all covered up, so we can't really get a good look at just how uh, much tear flow there actually is. Safe. After the attack that left Noman's mother in tears. I don't know why he did that, but it's just not Canada. Police described the suspect as being Canada. an Asian man in his 20s. Yeah. Is isn't Asian man in his 20s. Oh, so this, this is bullshit. Not this is, well, that's the one thing I'm like, oh, it might be real because if it was fake, they'd blame a white guy for sure. <laughs> An Asian man? Like, well, the, what do they mean? Like Chinese? Uh, unspecified. Do they Asian mean Asian was, like Muslim? Was this a Muslim guy? I mean, that's a good question. I presume when I hear Asian, I usually assume Chinese, Korean, Japanese, maybe Pacific yeah. Islander. This is bullshit. I'm, I don't believe any of this. Canada. Police described the suspect as being an Asian man no. in his 20s, an incident that also got the attention of the Prime Minister. My heart goes out to the uh, young girl who was uh, attacked uh, seemingly for her religion. Um, I can't imagine how afraid she must have been. She has a message for her attacker. What you're doing is really wrong. You should not act uh. like this, and especially I'm a kid. What a brave girl and such a terrifying oh, experience, no. John. Sadly, on not an isolated cut. one. So traumatic. Even if this is true, which I really don't think it is. If I see a woman in a burqa crying, I'm like, and mm. Canada... Canada? Do you think this really happened in Canada? Yeah, that's why I love it. This isn't Canada. Yeah, it's not. That's why I don't believe you. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit. Okay, but some things to think about. Um, one, we don't get any photos of the cut hijab. Now, they said it was submitted to the police, but we don't have a look at this yet. We don't know. Uh, the story allegedly happened on her walk to school Friday morning. It should be noted that there was coverage of this from ctv up at like 9 50 in the morning so they ran with this within the scope of like a couple hours they had the whole story verified the press conference was going on they were reporting on this i just have a hard time believing that you verified all the relevant you know, facts 
Justin like Trudeau window. would not be having a press conference with a bunch of people dressed in, ba- in black lined up behind him if there was an acid attack with a Muslim on a white girl. He'd be like, oh, no, I'm, of not, I'm not, not going to discuss this. But because supposedly a piece of cloth on a child's head was cut, we need to stop everything, have a fucking press conference about it. Who cares? Who cares about this? Now, notice the fact pattern, too. She said she was attacked twice, and she said she screamed after the first one, and then he came back a few minutes later. So you're telling me you were attacked and there was screaming, yet you didn't go to anybody's, you didn't go to a place of safety. You didn't talk to anybody. There were no witnesses, despite the fact that you screamed out loud. And in a public place, if you're walking through a neighborhood to school, if I see, if someone walk, if a child walked by my home and screamed out loud, and I, I would get up and I would look, and if I saw a child in trouble, I would go consult the child. Yet there are no witnesses as of yet. Because this didn't happen. Sure. But it was a good, it was a good, uh, I mean, I, I'm comfortable with that. Again, presumption. I don't know for sure. The only, and I, I know I said that the rule was going to be verified hoax hate, but these were so, this story and the other one were so original that I thought I would uh, bend the rules a little Somebody bit. in the live chat just said, who just walks around with scissors? That's another yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Do you think that this guy was like, he wakes up in the morning, he puts some, this little Asian guy, puts some scissors in his pockets. He's like, I'm going to go j- job hunting. I'm going to find some hijabs to cut. And this well, would be the easiest thing Well, presumably she walks the same yeah. path to school every day. Maybe he had scouted this hijab opportunity. So he could do advance. something totally benign to her that she could just, you know, she cuts one cut in her hijab. Look at the hate crime. Yeah. I, mean. I hate Muslims just enough to damage only their garment minimally. <laughs> no bodily harm. I don't hate them. But no, 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 no. I, I am a man of decency. <laughs> Well, so who brave. do you think I am? Some kind of animal? So brave. So brave. God. Okay. Oh. In the interest of time, I'll move on to the next one here. This also coming out of uh, Ontario. Let's find the story here. <laughs> I love this one even more. Oh, wait. No, I spoiled it. Oh, where is it? Here we go. Uh, swastikas drawn on snowy cars in Toronto. So also in Toronto or... I, I think the other one, the first one was in Toronto anyway. Swastikas drawn on snowy cars in Toronto, police investigated. So... Uh, at least two cars in Toronto, a neighborhood with a significant Jewish population, had swastikas sketched into the snow on them on Saturday morning. No damage to the vehicles. Uh, note the swastikas are both backwards and at the wrong angle, but definitely <laughs> totally legit. Uh, police are investigating. They do have one lead. Here is a police sketch from uh, show listener Big Red Doggy. Actually, uh, in this, this sketch is photographic, but this is the leading suspect right here. This is a, a German soldier at the Battle of the Bulge. Uh, got a little lost and, uh, you know, started, started sketching swastikas into cars. Even, even if this, even if it was done by someone other than the owner of the car, is the, is this any different than drawing a dick in the snow on someone's car? No. And everybody's done that. Of course. Of course. No damage to the cars yet. Police are investigating. If you were a little, like a shitty little kid and you saw all of these hoax hate things getting on the news and all you had to do was draw one backward swastika wouldn't you be like oh oh man. if you watched this show <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like yeah we got to make them backwards too just to complete yeah. the bit and get the news story it's just easy no overhead won't get caught i mean you, i don't no know if you could conceivably be charged with a crime even for doing this like for touching someone's car in canada they would they do i guess for the swastika angle on it you but, get a hate crime you get charged with a hate crime for sure oh my god Okay. 
We got one more thing to get through because we're running out of time, and then I got to get to Tim's interview, which is about okay. a half hour. It's a solid interview with more Tim. More lactation. Awesome. Yeah. So um, lactation are uh, the uh, the the eight or nine year old drag queen we've talked about on the show frequently and criticized the parents of for sexualizing their child on public display. It has come to my attention that lactation is not the only example of such uh, degenerate sexualization. <sighs> There's another child named Desmond Napoles, and Desmond. Oh, I don't have the story up actually, but I do have the video. So Desmond is a 10-year-old drag queen from, um, I can get the Daily Mail coverage up here. One second. Desmond's a 10-year-old uh, a drag queen from New York City who uh, apparently became famous for participating in uh, the New York City drag. Oh, damn. Here we go. Now I can get it up. He became famous for participating in the New York City Pride Parade in 2015 and appeared in a music video from RuPaul. So when he is, was eight? Apparently, yeah, when he was eight. This is a picture of Desmond here. Uh, several pictures of Desmond. Now, this is very Lactatia-esque, Desmond. Uh, the, the, the piece of notable information here is that Desmond is now launching his own drag club for kids called the House of Amazing. Uh, this is apparently the world's first drag club for kids, and I do have a brief video. No adults allowed. That's good. I guess that's probably for the better. Good <laughs> no, no adults allowed. So this yeah. is a video of Desmond, not necessarily explaining the club, but just so we get an idea of um, who Desmond is. Here's Desmond. I'm Desmond is amazing. This is my video for Refinery Twenty Nine. I've been doing drag since I was two years old. I would take my mom's towels and wrap them around my body. I also pumped around in her heels. So are we making you dress up like this? <laughs> so where did this come from? Oh it's my God, are those idea. his gay parents? Uh, no, actually, he, I, they're not his parents because his mom is one of the criticized parties in this story. I think they're just just did, do they does his dad make an appearance or anything? No, I don't think their parents I actually don't know who these individuals are, but they ask him about how he got into drag. And he, again, just like Lactatia says, Ru RuPaul's Drag Race. And again, he participated in a music video with RuPaul. They also, they, I think they accused his mom of doing the same thing. Okay. okay. From, oh, it's, so it's RuPaul's fault. Oh, <laughs> wow. I have to agree with that. <laughs> so... What happened? You were watching RuPaul's Drag Show one day and, and they hypnotized you. Season one, the first episode, I was like, oh, I love what they're doing. I want to be able to do it. Oh, my God. This is him well, dancing. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. All these kids. I just want to point out, if, if you have a son that's, that's clearly gay, like, you know, you can roll with that. You don't, have to, you don't have to treat your child differently because they're gay. But, like, this is just a not an appropriate way for a child's clear homosexuality to manifest itself gotta put them on public display gotta get them out there gotta cash in i think this is just an, like a just a gay little boy right probably i don't know i mean a lot of kids develop differently a lot of a lot but of young boys since are... he was two that yeah. just reeks of, of mom involvement feminist oh, mother yeah. involvement oh yeah we got some commentary from the mom at the end of it. So this is him dancing presumably during the pride parade although i'm not sure And then his mom has faced a lot of criticism on Facebook. Her name is Wendy Lou Napoles. Uh, she responds in part here. I want to read some of the things that she said. Uh, 
She says, I am bothered by some of the comments that say I should be ashamed of letting my son be himself at the pride parade. I am sickened by the comments that say I am sexualizing him. In reply, I want to ask you what you would do in my shoes. In having a child like this, how would you handle it? I had to decide how I would handle it. And a big part of it was asking uh, what would do more damage to my child? Should I encourage him to express who he feels that he is and to be himself knowing that this road will be a hard and cruel one in today's society? Or should I discourage him and tell him that he cannot be himself knowing that he will carry a great deal of grief and baggage about oh, this on. throughout come his on. life? I'm almost, done, this... almost done. Almost done. <laughs> and, and may even grow to believe that there is something wrong with himself. It's not easy. People don't realize how hard it is to be the parent of a child like this. There's this perception that you can't, with feminists especially, that if it's going to damage your child psychologically if you say no to them. Yeah. So, you know, if I have a gay son and he wants to do stuff like this, I'm going to be like, I know that you're probably attracted to boys and, and we'll deal with that, but that doesn't mean that you dress like a girl. You're introducing a new, a new element of confusion to a sexual identity issue. Yeah. It's baffling. Why would you do that? I can't say no to him because what if it damages who he is? You're going to tell me that this is okay. This isn't going to damage him. Like he, he's going to get maybe raped. He might get addicted to drugs. You think that this kid is going to have a normal life? He's going to be like Lactatia, like OD'd on heroin at some kind of gay sex club when he's 14. It's like, what would you stop him from doing? And I, I'm sympathetic to the point of, should we let kids be who they want to be? To an extent, but why does that mean you must put it on public display? Right. Why does that mean you must make this big uh, commercialized uh, project out of it? Why can't you just let him be who he is in the confines of your own home and let no. him develop into an adult and see what happens from that You point? shouldn't be letting your child dress in drag and, and do stuff like this in, in the privacy of your own home, although that would be way better than the situation sure. we have now. I, I'm willing to defer to individual parent discretion Right. Within the privacy of their own family and home. But I, I don't see how her case mandates public display in any way. Where's the dad in this situation? I, I have no idea, actually. She probably like divorced him and cleaned him out. <sighs> it's, <laughs> it's unsettling. But, uh, you know, I mean, this, it's, it's something that's happening in multiple cases now, too. It's, it's the... This is the stuff that was the former slippery slope stuff that I used to dismiss and say, there's no way any of that stuff would ever happen. And yet here we are. And again, I want to, I don't see any reason why this has to be a, uh, an extension of concepts of gay rights. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't see any reason why this has to be an extension of marriage equality, for example. Yet it seems like they always want to connect these things. Oh, it's LGBT rights. Well, it's, it's a child. Yeah. Well, I, I'm all for LGBT rights, but not, not what about the sexualization children? of children? Yeah. yeah. And we're so critical of Muslim cultures. But like I said, uh, the last time we talked about Lactatia, this is the West's version of the dancing boys of Afghanistan. We're just hmm. sexualizing young men for, for gay perverts yeah. to, to masturbate on. Like this is, this is crazy to me. I can't believe that we're here, that we're allowing this. If we're not going to protect our kids, why is our society worth saving? Yeah, I would like a response from the mom on that. What at what point would you intervene as a mom? This kid has been doing and, this since two, presumably at gay pride parades, danced like dancing sexually since yeah. he was what? Since he was a toddler. I, I've had several emails from listeners too who are uh, uh, LGBT listeners who are pissed that this sort of thing gets attached to 
just basic equality. Wouldn't you be pissed if you were gay? Like, you're you're like a normal gay person, you know, you're not super into the culture and then you get attached to all these people that, that want to do this stuff like this. I would be just as opposed to a a young girl participating in a slut walk. Yes. As I, as I would to this, it's not, it's not about gay. It's about the sexualization of a child. Right. Right. Exactly. Hmm. (sighs) Anyway, we'll, we'll, let's, uh, let's get the super chat and then we'll get to Tim. Okay, let's see. Who was the last one? Let me reload this really quick. I always forget, and then it's a then it's a problem. It's your only job. It isn't my only job. I just need a little womanly support around here, you know? <laughs> you just made a video about that. <laughs> I know. And now I'm like, you're going to do all the work, right? Um, diversity shit. What blonde can do to bring value back to the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> um... Okay, Bill McPherson said, if you voice search James Damore on Google, there is no bot voice summary. Damore has a female lawyer, so obviously he's super sexist, shaking my head. Hmm. And then he also I think said, that was probably a smart PR move, to be honest. To get a female lawyer? I'm not saying his lawyer is, I mean, maybe his lawyer is ironically sort of a diversity hire, if yeah. that makes sense. I don't know. To maybe. deflect the criticism. I'm pretty of, sure she's a minority, too. Hmm. I'm not saying she's not a good Mark lawyer. Damore. I have no idea. Mark. We'll find out. She was out. really good on Tucker. Really good. Yeah. Uh, Bill McPherson said, hopefully they crush Google and whip them into a neutral company as they should instead of the social justice warrior authoritarian Orwellian propaganda machine. Agreed, Bill. El Chango, yo, hope you guys are having a great night. Loving the new banner in the bottom. You're well, looking thanks. sexy, Matt. You look like an old school OG. Well, appreciate it. And again, that's Facepalm Reality's work that we, uh, we're very happy with. We I are. Think it's an awesome I love look. it. This pop art thing. Um, it had potential. No note. Thank you so much. Rick Morana said, you can easily fix the drag kid show queen, require background checks, and do a public sex offender search of all of the adults working with the kids. Hmm. Um, I don't know that that really fix, fixes the central problem. I think that just fixes a symptom of it. Uh, I just have a real problem with parents thinking that this is an okay thing to do. I mean, um, what would you do, Blonde? What would you do? What would I do? I would be like, listen, boys dress like boys, girls dress like girls. I mean, I, my I don't, house, my rules. We'll talk about it when you're 18. Yeah, yeah really. I'll probably be doing that. Stuff. Um, <laughs> Corey Bates said, put a hot enough woman in front of me with some drinks. It's like torture. After a while, you'll be telling them things you never knew. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some truth to that. I, I genuinely do. Joel Dykeman, Project Veritas has had issues with selective editing to fit a narrative. If they show full videos of these interviews, I will believe it. It's pretty long. I mean, it's, it's like 15 or 20 minutes. I think you get a good snapshot. Um, I'm most For the most part, That's- I'm pretty happy with Project Veritas work. That's a healthy skepticism, though. I will that always true, um, yeah. appreciate it. Hassan Chop, uh, I wish there was a way I could cut Google out of my life, but it's fucking everywhere. I ha- I do use DuckDuckGo. I don't use Google as a search engine anymore, and it's basically the same. I mean, and you can email her at blonde in the belly of the beast at, at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, Watch this on YouTube. Viswanathan. I wonder if I said that right. Why the fuck are people so bent out of shape uh, against Sargon? Um, that's a whole thing. I- I'm not aware of the public bent out of shapedness, uh, but I don't know. Is it related to the debate stuff or what? Yeah, I think it's it's fallout. It's fallout from which I still haven't with, even watched. Well, it's three and a half hours long, so I understand. Yeah. It's fallout from the debate with Richard Spencer and then Sargon making that video saying that he's decided to accept the leadership position within the community that he has been extended and he's creating a liberalist movement for all of these. Maybe he'd be willing to talk about it. Maybe we could host him. Oh, you think he's going to show up this time? Ooh. what is he revealing you're revealing some inside information <laughs> uh joshy Way says join us on gab blonde we have frogs i'm on gab and um there is an account blonde 
blonde beast on Gab. That's not me. I am blonde with an E underscore beast on Gab. Check me out. They won't verify me unless I have my first and last name in my profile, which uh, is what? which that's is really cool. annoying. So if anybody from the Gab IT team is listening, it's really pissing me off that I can't get verified because there's an impersonation account that refuses to change their name. Hmm. Um, Wide Nerdy said, the loss of Google to this cancer enrages me. You were the chosen one, Google. You were supposed to balance the force and not plunge <laughs> us into darkness. Yeah. I know. We gave them so much power. And Why? now Google has the higher ground. I can't believe this, how the tape, how the, how the fortune has flipped here. It's, <laughs> it's just terrible. Liberative said, Veritas video is a great showcase for the damaging H1B visa um, that they do to our world and country. Yeah, I actually posted this underneath the Project Veritas video, but every single one of those people I think was Indian or a woman, some sort of diversity hire in some way, and a lot of them were there on visas. I don't think there was one single white male that they interviewed. Not one. <clears throat> um, Mr. M. Reed. Hi, Blonde and Matt. New watcher. Really enjoy the show. Blonde, I'm sending you an email to try to cheer you up based on your black pill video. Quick question. Blonde heels or flats? Matt, sneakers or cowboy boots? <laughs> I wear a lot of heels. I do. Absolutely sneakers. Although I don't use the term sneakers, but I'm not, I'm definitely not a cowboy boot guy. Absolutely but if you see not. me around Seattle, I'm probably wearing sneakers. But definitely, here's the thing though. Don't wear athletic shoes and jeans. Just guys of the world. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that proposition. No, when my don't fiance like, does it, I'm like, yeah. Don't wear like running shoes or you basketball like shoes with, with jeans. At least, if, like, if at least if you're a white guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. Okay. You can't you can't you can't do it. Uh, I'm more of like well, I'll probably get in trouble for this. I'm more of like a low profile like Vans type shoe guy. I believe it. Liberative yeah. to Matt's point on the diversity hire question, any white man or conservative working at Google knows their shit and should be HR snipped for a better company. Hmm. Um, then we have wide and nerdy. We don't come to you because we know better blonde. Matt is the reasonable one. We expect the edgy craziness from you. That's, that's probably true. That's probably Although true. Although I don't know if I accept that title because I'll <laughs> certainly fail to live up to it at times. Uh, pie whack at one blonde what brand and color lipstick are you wearing it manages to look natural while still being noticeable um i'll grab it out of my purse while i'm reading this next one um, when is the roaming millennial blonde makeup hour when is that i know uh, i know seriously yeah. we still do have that makeup exchange going on um spartacus late to the show tonight but the bar gave us a free round to ease that loss against y'all have a beer on me thank you <laughs> that, all right my uh, lipstick yeah. it's lip and cheap and cheek tint yeah called alouette ah uh, they should be paying us for that yeah either that or disavowing Dis one of the two um Redicus, is this a british asian like the knife attackers and truck of peace drivers when are the female truck of peace drivers where are the female truck of peace drivers? Yeah, yeah yeah i wonder what they mean by asian every time i hear that i'm like what they've overused it when referring it to muslims uh, liberative hijab cutting is a travesty and just as bad as rape grooming gangs also related to the religion of peace i know it's just tragic slosher i find it funny that the muslims and the hoax hate crime are both wearing canada goose coats they are like thousand dollar coats fake hate crimes from rich hmm. upper middle class liberals interesting observation i didn't even notice that neither did i uh libertarian lifeline here take some cash before i change my mind thank you so much <laughs> well thanks dashi boy the asian guy might have thought the muslim girl was part of a rival clan just a thought jeez a uh, friend of the show, Stan, all this Canadian hate. Oops, did I just talk through the... That's fine. It was poorly timed, as always. Stan, friend of the show, all this Canadian hate. Well, this is a product of Trudeau's Canada and the fallout from all of his hateful rhetoric. I hmm. know, Stan. 
why nerdy that snowy car was clearly attacked by Buddhists. Don't don't I know it? <laughs> yeah, of course. It uh, seems so. Yeah, right. Daryl O'Dell, the swastikas were drawn backwards so that they appear the right way on the inside. <laughs> ah, so it was a Nazi. Yeah, it's a Nazi driver um, who wanted to clean the snow off his window in a way that represents his ideology. Uh, Joshy boy. Oh, shit. These snow swastikas are backwards. You think anyone will notice? Yeah, exactly. Kingsley Obercoil. Back when I was a shitty teenager, I used to draw swastikas and dicks in people's driveways, and I never got any news coverage. Bullshit. Yeah, that, that is that's We would just draw dicks on everything all the time. Yeah. Um, Vivin Viswanath, Viviswan. I think I was better the first time I said this. What if an adult identifies as a six-year-old girl? Yeah. What if wasn't there that guy that was identifying as like a Filipino child? Well, there or was. Or, well, there was that one guy a few years ago named Stefan Stephanie, spelt like Stefan Nee. And was then like he a got that old man who identified as a. Him. Yeah, he identified as a six-year-old girl. I think I six. And then I saw somebody recently on Tucker who identified as a Filipino woman. That's what it was. Yeah, that was two yeah, yeah. separate. Incidents. Another trans racialist like uh, Rachel, Rachel Dolezal. Rachel Dolezal or Sean yeah. uh, King. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, Silver's Fortune. A swastika and I love Hitler message is painted on an empty house across from me. No one lost their shit. They made the obvious conclusion. Stupid kids that think they're funny. This is an Australian country town, though. Not a liberal capital. Yeah. Yep. We love our outrage. We're totally addicted to it here. Um Redicus said, how was Pizzagate not a thing with people trying to sexualize kids? Um, oh, ouch. I, sorry. Uh, Bill McPherson, after that gross parenting example, when that kid grows up, he'll be a red pill away from being Milo. Being a Milo. Yeah, I mean, probably. yeah, these kids are going to grow up and they're going to be like, what? And now there's all this footage online and on all these news reels and me dancing around like a jackass at a yeah, gay pride It's going to lead to resentment later in life for sure. El Chango, blonde's expression during the tranny bit was exactly like mine. What the fuck? This this is what happens when society doesn't draw a line. Yeah, there are no rules. It's whatever weirdo. I saw two adults walking around today in unicorn costumes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I can't believe you found each other. Congratulations. But still, that doesn't mean- The you internet can, can accomplish time. amazing things, man. Or just move to Seattle. There's a freak for you here, I promise. Um, not I you. A, I don't want, I was going to say, I don't want a freak. <laughs> I meant that to the audience, the general the, the public. The non-freaks are the freaks now. Like <laughs> finding a non-freak is the hard thing to do. Like, wow, huh? Yeah. Uh, Dangerous Spaces, what are your thoughts about a child being taken to a pride parade? Every parade I have seen with adults being overtly and aggressively sexual. Yeah, children should not be at this. I went to Pride and filmed from it right when I started my channel two years ago. And there were kids walking around and then there were also like, like uh, adult men in leather costumes walking each other around. And then I saw a man who was walking around who had a, a, like a dildo inserted into his <laughs> rectum. And he was God. just walking around with it like half poked out of his butt. Oh, boy. And there are just children around with their idiot Seattle liberal parents like holding gay, gay flags like, woo! <laughs> I'm just like, what's happening? I can't believe this. Right. Um, we have three more. Amy Minor, love you both. Uh, on young boys, a lot dressed in their mom's clothes, they grow out of it. Yeah, just let your kids be kids. It doesn't have to be a whole thing. Period necessary in that one. I love you both, period. <laughs> on young boys, come. <laughs> Here are my thoughts. I love you both on young boys, yeah. Hope it was properly punctuated. Um, And then last one, Cindy Rochelle Higgins. Oh, actually, we have one after this, two after this. Um, have his name on his Gab account, but he isn't verified. Six Hex and Hammer 666. And last one, Freshinator 2, Talcum X got to love that dark filter. He does use it on everything, doesn't he? We're good to go. Thank you so much for all the super chats. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you kindly to our uh, live viewers, live chatters, and super chatters especially. Uh, Shit posting way, keeping us honest and feeding us truthful information when we fail to provide it. Uh, appreciate it, guys. And uh, it was a fun night to, uh, to have with you. Uh, 
And uh, if you're listening on YouTube or an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there is more material, including the call-in show on the audio platforms. That happens on Wednesday night live, and then we post the audio up on the uh, up on the podcast platforms. You can find that at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find your audio podcasts. You can find us. They're linked in the description for you. You can always email us. That's beauty and the beta at theveryevilgmail.com. We will be back next Sunday, hopefully after a Vikings NFC Championship win. Sorry, Chuck Todd. If it's Sunday, it's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. Tim Pool coming up next. Have a good night. Bye, guys. Welcome back. I am pleased to be joined by my guest tonight, independent journalist and uh, guy I know best by getting me quality on the ground clips at all the world's great events that uh, I want to see happen, but I don't actually uh, want to experience any personal danger, so I don't go. Uh, Tim Poole, welcome, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. I know a lot of people have been wanting us to to speak or collaborate in some form, so I'm really happy to make it happen. That's actually that's one of the reasons I hit you up. I had... I, I mean, I don't know, a dozen plus people being like, I got to talk to you. And I've seen your videos. So I was like, yeah, I should, we should totally do something. Sweet. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, and for the audience who doesn't, people might not know, this is literally the first time Tim and I have ever spoken. So it'll be kind of fun for us to get to know each other in the process oh, yeah. here. Um, but the, the reason that I have encountered your work and probably about over the last year, I want to say, I think I first encountered your stuff when you went to Sweden. And that's, that's when I started watching, and that's when I, I found it to be really fascinating. So between the topic of Sweden and the topic of Antifa, these are things that have received, in my mind, mainstream media coverage that's lacking, or at least in content. You know, Whether it's fair or yeah. not, I don't know, but it's not something that's talked about a lot. Uh, so I kind of wanted to talk to you about these topics up front. You've gone to Sweden. You've experienced what's going on there with the migrant issue. You've gone to at least one Battle of Berkeley, I know. I don't know how many you've been to, but you've been on the ground there. And I just I invite your thoughts on how bad these situations are or not. Sometimes I feel like I can't get a gauge on it because on the one hand, we have a media establishment that doesn't seem to really want to talk about it. And then on the other hand, these are kind of red meat for conservative or alternative media outlets. And I, I it's not something I experienced. So I'm always curious, is it, is the story you know, undersold, overblown? What's your take? I, I mean, Sweden, I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it, in the mainstream, in the moderate space, if you know, to the uninitiated, Sweden is totally undersold. You know, after Trump said last night in Sweden, this whole thing sparked up, uh, I, I decided to go out there. I went out there with uh, my associate producer, Emily, and it was, it was kind of controversial because, you know, Paul Joseph Watson made this wager. Come on, liberal journalists, yeah. go, to, go to Sweden. It's so dangerous. 
there's a lot of really, really bad things happening in Sweden that don't get talked about in the mainstream. And it honestly blew my mind because Don Lemon on CNN lied, just flat out lied. He had Ami Horowitz on and he, Ami Horowitz said that we're seeing, you know, major crimes. I think he called them major crimes like rape, murder, and things like this go up. Mm-hmm. Don Lemon said, no, that's not true. And then, you know, Ami was like, what do you mean? The, the bra statistics, you know, bra is the government agency. They reporting crime going up. And Don Lemon's like, nope, got him right here. That's not true. Yeah, I remember that, that exchange. That's a, I mean, that's wasn't a there some kind of conflict about how they were defining crimes, if I understood that correctly? The definition I, changed or something like that? That here in my, is look, I can only say like this is my opinion, but the mm-hmm. one thing that really bugged me is when they say that rape is skyrocketing in Sweden, I hear this over and over again from people you would traditionally align with the left. You know, I, I hate the left versus right thing, but sure. the left and people in Sweden are like, oh, but you know, we define rape differently here. So, you know, we're we're more broad in our definition. I had a guy in Sweden say, for instance, did you know in Sweden that if you have sex with a woman while she is asleep, that's rape? And I was like, yeah, that's, that's rape in America too. And he goes, oh, well, it's also, you know, in Sweden, for instance, if you, you know, manipulate someone or say like blackmail or coerce them, that is also rape. And I said, yeah, that, that is in the U S as well. And Mm -hmm. every, every time I had this argument where they said they defined rape more broadly, the, the reality was they didn't. That it was, uh, it was essentially the same. Obviously, they're not identical laws. Yeah. But ultimately, what I said was, listen, I don't, I don't want to get into the argument about how you define rape or not. You, according to your own definition in Sweden, have more rape than we do. Therefore, you have a rape problem. And that, that's, the, that's, the sh- that's the shutdown. That's when they're like, yeah, you're right. Hmm. We do. All right. So there, there's an undersell on Sweden, you say. Um, I... only, only in the mainstream, though, right? I, okay, think, yeah, I yeah. think the right oversells it. But, uh, oversells it, okay. But I, I don't think I don't think the right oversells it uh, on a scale of like one to ten, where five is good coverage, one is undersold, mm. and ten is oversold. I give the right like a seven, where okay. they're they're they push it a little hard. They focus on certain things a bit much. There's I believe that there's like um, too much focus on specifically on Middle Eastern or Muslim migration. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the crime that's actually reported is from Somali, mi- <clears throat> excuse me, it's the children of Somali migrants who came to Sweden 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. they, they are experiencing a phenomenon where they have Moroccan youth in the center of, say, Uppsala, you know, gang assaulting women. Sure. It's true. You have the, you have the, the pool sexual assaults. But a lot of the crime, the car fires, the grenade attacks, these are the children of Somali immigrants. These are people born in Sweden. So it's, it's complicated. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and then I want to hear about Antifa because nothing has captured, <laughs> captured my attention more in the last year, probably than I, I guess I want to say the rise, but it's just cause I've never seen this before necessarily the uh, violent political activism, the violent, um, obstruction of free speech that has been something relatively new in my experience. And whenever I turn on media sources, like when I see it on the news, if it's covered at all, it's usually like protests were mostly peaceful except for like a few arrests and you know they destroyed a bunch of property and they did this and that you've experienced what's going on on the ground in berkeley at least and i'll let you speak to wherever else you've seen this happen what is it like when there's an event that is um i don't know if invaded is the right word because i don't even know how many people there are doing this but intruded upon by antifa what is it like and what is the scale that we're dealing with here I mean, Berkeley, for instance, I think it was several hundred people on each side, maybe a total of like four or 500 people. Berkeley was 
the 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 actual free speech event was mm -hmm. mostly run-of-the-mill conservatives, a small amount of white nationalists, actual people that you could you could probably say were neo-Nazis, one person with, you know, some signs, I won't repeat what they said. Mm -hmm. And there were actually some liberals. I I I, I love it that there were there were at least two guys that I would call hippy dippy liberals, like okay. the, like the kind of like the South Park hippie liberal douche character where they've got their gray hair pulled into a ponytail, they're wearing, you know, a blue like kind of tie-dye styled shirt with cargo mm -hmm. pants and their little bike. A couple people were no DAPL protesters. So they were, you know, I'd call them liberal. And in Berkeley, they were protesting in, in Berkeley. the pipeline in Berkeley. No, no, they were just people aligned with that protest. Like they were oh, in support okay. of the left and, and the protest. Okay. And I talked to a few of these people who flat out said, oh, you know, I'm a liberal and like, I'm, I'm here to support free speech. Yeah. That's it was oh, but they but they were aligned with the 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 crew that you're describing, which is like mostly conservatives. generic conservatives, some yeah. fringe elements. Uh, but I, they I, were okay. Know. So these were uh, these were left wingers who were pro free, free speech essentially. Exactly. That's why they were dinosaurs, I guess. That's why they were very old. Maybe. Well, there, I mean, one of the there was a, there was a younger woman, maybe in her mid thirties. Mm -hmm. There was a, a a guy in his mid thirties, and then a few people who I thought were in their fifties or sixties. Yeah. And they were self identified liberals who one guy flat said to me, oh, you know, I, I kind of don't agree with these people. Some of these people I think are a bit nuts, but they certainly have a right to come out. So I'm going to, you know, come out sure. and voice my support. And at the same time, you had Antifa, you know, 40 feet away, throwing improvised explosives, mortars, M80s, smoke bombs. That was around the time the guy with the bike lock bashed the other guy over the yeah. head. While that's happening, I'm like, I don't understand. You know, I, I talked to, after all this calmed down, you know, I actually interviewed Louise Rosalma. I, I did a short. I know. Trip, uh, well, I, well at least I've seen it because it was a, when I was talking about moldy locks. I go, I call her moldy locks, like the rest of the internet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, your your clip that I thought was especially important and useful was her. You asked her, "Do you endorse the use of explosives against peaceful demonstrators?" And she said, "The revolution isn't going to come exactly easy." Excuse my French, there, but there was yeah. something that I didn't film afterwards, but I did talk about it because it wasn't my intention not to document this. But there was a guy who was with her. I don't mm -hmm. think like they were friends. I don't know if they were friends, but they were standing near each other. Mm -hmm. He showed me his knife. He actually mm -hmm. said, check it out. And he showed me a knife. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I can use my hand as an example. So about the length of uh, my hand. Sure. And he, he said, I'll use it if I have to, blah, blah, blah. And I said, I was like, I don't understand. Can you, can you explain to me? Like this guy was willing to have a conversation. I, 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 was, I was into it. I said, mm -hmm. can you, I don't understand why you would come here and engage in violence against people who are just speaking. Yeah. And he started saying things like they're fascists who want to, you know, you know, kill minorities and oppress people. And I was like, do you see that? Like we, we, we started walking, we're like near the corner and we're looking at the park and I say, you see all those people, right? Like the American flags. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, you, those are conservatives, right? He's like, right. And I was like, but don't you know that conservatives are pro gun? And he was like, of course. He's like, it's, it's a bad thing. And I was like, but wait, one of the main reasons they are pro gun is because they're scared of a fascist government takeover. Sure. Like these are conservatives who are so terrified of a government becoming oppressive that they refuse to hand over their guns. It's at least one of the reasons they refuse to hand over their guns. And then I saw the kind of light bulb moment on this guy when he was like, well, but I mean, but they're fascists. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, but these are like, I was like, so, so listen, man, one of the big arguments the left has had against the right is that they're these staunch constitutionalists who demand the right to second amendment to oppose mm -hmm. the government. And I was like, it sounds like, you know, these people, you don't actually know who they are. And when you get violent against them, you actually create these, like, these, these you know, these 
factions. The more oh, yeah. You- it, it's created a whole series of bizarre alliances. I mean, the people that you're describing, those left-wingers who are pro-free speech, that's my old team. And now I don't yeah. know where I fit anymore because those people were, those were my people. I used to, I used to agree with all of those people. And it's like, look, we all agree on the foundational principle that people are going to be allowed to speak and think whatever they want. And we'll sort out the good ideas and the bad ideas from there. But that's gone away. Like, I don't know Dude. what has happened to that. It's, it's, it's crazy. There's a, there's a video on YouTube. There's a, there's a, a group called the juice media. I don't know if you've, mm. you've ever heard of them, no, but I they haven't. had a uh, back, they, they, they produced a series called rap news and they had an, they had an episode. I think it's rap news. Number seven. It's called, it's about cable gate. It's around the time, you know, Julian Assange and the big cable gate leaks. Sure. In the video, they make fun of Hillary Clinton and criticize her. They call her secretary of state criticizing her for, you know, like the horrible things that U.S. foreign policy has, has, has wrought. I don't even get the joke. Secret. What's, what's the joke? That explain it to me. WikiLeaks is publishing all of these secrets. Oh, sec- okay. oh. secret. Okay. This is part of the problem. Not funny anymore either. I have to think for 10 seconds to get that joke and it's not funny when I get it. <laughs> well, so, so here's the thing about this video. In it, a mock Alex Jones screams into a megaphone about the coming commie Nazi fascists. Okay. Yeah. They're, ma- they're actively making fun of Alex Jones. This is, this is, this is a video from the left. Okay. These yeah. are left leaning activists who praise free speech support Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, criticize mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton, and make fun of Alex Jones for ranting about the coming Nazi fascists. Yeah, yeah. If that video came out today, it would be a, it would be a pro-Trump video. A video that supports Assange, criticizes Hillary, is pro-free speech, and mocks those who yeah. rant about Nazi fascists. That's interesting. Yeah, you're right. And this, I mean... this was the left. This was, these, are, these are activists. You know, I, I, I appeared in one of these videos when I was on Occupy Wall Street. They were like, we need some extras for a scene. These are people who are aligned with anonymous, aligned yeah. with hacker, hacker organizations who are fighting for free expression. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one of the weirdest phenomenon, uh, phenomenons, whatever it is. I, I got into all of this because I'm fr- I grew up in the hacker community and my okay. hacker buddies are trying to, uh, their hashtag is data love, the, the right to free information and free expression. Mm-hmm. A lot of them would align with WikiLeaks. And so I'm not, a, I, you know, I did some computer programming scripting stuff when I was a lot younger and I mm-hmm. got more into social engineering. So I said, look, I can't create a dial-up internet network, but I can go on the ground and take photos and video and do live streams, which I think would help you know, produce media from Occupy Wall Street. One of the core tenets of the hacktivist movement is freedom of information and yeah. free expression. And today, the, the, the hacktivist sect, I guess, whatever you want to call it, the hacker community is divided amongst those who are <laughs> still true to free expression and those who say hate speech is not free speech. It is amazing how this social justice stuff has infested everything. Uh, I have people who talk to me from religious communities or atheist communities who say the same thing where it's like now it's infested with all this stuff that really is not related to what the the purpose of our organization is. Um, I know I I don't ever discuss my old job, um, but my old job, which was not related to these things, really got infested with that sort of stuff. Um, it seems like every organization has to uphold this particular orthodoxy or there's, there are going to be problems. It's really weird. You know, you know, the final straw was for me, Hmm. magic, the gathering. Yeah, exactly. Those kind of things too. I've been playing magic, the gathering since I was probably like eight years old. All right. Mm -hmm. So it was 1994 and my friend's mom, we were hanging out and I was a little kid. My friend lived across the alley and she brought us to a game shop and got me my first pack of cards from the antiquity series. Mm-hmm. It's one of the earliest sets and I had no idea what I was doing and we did the stupidest things with the cards. But after a couple of years or so, I was like actually playing. I competed in some like 
there's a thing called the Junior Scholastic Series. When I was 12, I competed. And yeah, so you today, were really serious about this. Holy cow. Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up playing chess. I started playing chess at, like mm. my entire life. I was strategy games, card games, and I, I, you know, for whatever reason, that's what I fell into comics and skateboarding and all this stuff. Oh yeah, I kind of wanted to talk skateboarding with you because I saw them on your wall. And uh, oh, yeah, when yeah. I, I I skated every day when I was young until I had a disastrous ankle injury at the age Ooh. of twenty two and never did it again. I still skate, um, you know. When, uh, I, when well, I, I have my board with me here in Montreal, I was going to say if our paths ever cross, we should try again. You know, my skills have diminished oh, yeah, significantly, yeah. but I still snowboard. You know, fifty days a year, like that's my thing now. But skateboarding, I can still do if I if I have to. But, uh, you know, uh, I just I thought that was cool on your wall anyway. Oh yeah, I did a, there's a buddy of mine, he's like a really well-known producer, Brett Novak, and he's got, I've got like two videos on his channel and there are tons of views because I'm, I'm particularly good at like weird stuff, like yeah. inventing flip tricks and doing late flips and other weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, honestly, I, I do everything. I did uh, voice acting. I took theater briefly. I, I'm in two episodes of a show called A Thousand Ways to Die, if you've ever seen it. Uh, no, I don't know. I play, I play music um guitar based drums i used to play in a band and i did like a small like you know festival thing in chicago skateboarding gaming like i, I do everything i edit videos yeah and uh, i don't know it's just i don't know how i end up doing all these things just well, have you ever heard the phrase like if you're bored you're boring you know I yeah mean, with all the yeah, things yeah. that are available to do in life it, it, it is kind of fascinating that there are people who can't find something to do with all the available opportunities i i wanted That's why to I'm in uh, montreal Oh, well, what, what, so what's going on in Montreal? Uh, I did a video with Bunty King, and I just, I just filmed something with Roaming Millennial. Oh, I didn't know Bunty lives in Montreal. I didn't know yeah. oh, right. I was bored. I was like, I had a six-hour drive from New York. Why not? Oh, yeah, just to go hang out with some, <laughs> uh, some fellow creators. That's cool. Produce some content. I mean, you know, I can sit in front of my computer and, and make commentary videos because, like, winter is so slow. There's no news happening. Yeah. But I figured, hey, let's go, let's go see what Bunty's up to. And, I, I, you well, know, I, I never met Roaming, so that was fun. I beg to differ on the no news because one thing that I want to talk to, to you about that you have a passion for that I share is uh, the Gorilla Channel, which is my favorite, uh, my favorite story <laughs> of the year. Uh, so honestly, I, I love this. Yeah, so far. It's a young year. You're right. Um, but you asked a question in your video about the Gorilla Channel. Uh, you said, uh, if people believe this story, what other nonsense uh, do they believe? And these are questions I like to think about that, that come from stories like the Gorilla Channel. Uh, the Gorilla Channel. Like, how much sillier could this story have been and still been picked up by the, by the people that it was picked up by? I, I, I just got to say it. The story is a small paragraph that is not hard to read, and it literally states in no uncertain terms that Trump had White House staff build a transmission tower on the South Lawn. How you believe that yeah. terrifies me. It, I am not even kidding. I am terrified that there are people, there was a democratic strategist, there are journalists, there are comedians who never questioned the fact that, no, you can actually see the South Lawn. There's no transmission tower there. And if a transmission tower was built on the lawn, it would be international headlines. What the yeah. hell is Trump doing? Right. It blows my mind. The, it's the like, thing... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I'm like... What, they, you, could, you could literally write that Trump inflated a giant rabbit on the White House lawn and it's been there for two years and people would be like, wow, I can't believe you did that. It's like, there's nothing there. They didn't, didn't build anything. What is wrong with people? Yeah. My God. And I, I, the only solace I take in, in the story is that the people who promoted it as real, as far as I can tell, were... I mean, there's still too many of them, but it's not like a, a gigantic group of people. But what I worry about is a culture that doesn't value critical thought anymore and just values confirming bias. And I, I get it. Like, we all do that to some extent. We all, 
like to confirm our own biases. We all have them. We like to, we like to be right. We like information that shows that we're right. But I mean, that's a big question that I don't really expect you to answer, but it's like, what do we do to, to cultivate a culture that, that says no critical thought first and, and confirming my biases after I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I sometimes wonder if it's inherent in people, but here's the way I look at things, right? If I hear something and I tweet about it, what if I'm wrong? What will hmm. happen? Okay. Before I tweet about it, I'm going to do a quick fact check. I don't, I really don't understand how you have so many people, not just prominent journalists and, and personalities who don't bother fact checking. Yeah. Like we, we can talk about the James Damore story, which oh, yeah. it, it makes it so hard for me to believe that this isn't some grand conspiracy when they write that, like even the New York Times said, James Damore argued women are not biologically capable of being engineers yeah, yeah. to the fact. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, it's the New York Times. Did they, they didn't read the memo? Like, it's they, not even they, long. It's, it's, it's easy to read. They say it's 10 pages, but it's broken yeah. down like an outline. It's not even a full 10 page. If you condense it, it'll yeah. be like five. I, the first thing I did when it came out is I read it and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I disagree with some of the things he's saying, but hey, look, this guy's a research scientist from MIT. I'm going to take his word. That's something I can do. Like, I'm not going to try and argue. I got more experience and understanding of computational biology than an actual biologist. So, sure. you know, I'm, I'm interested. And certainly he didn't say women weren't capable. He actually argued for how to improve diversity by creating systems that might tailor be ta better tailored for women. Yeah. He flat out said, maybe if we figured out how to, you know, make an like some kind of social engineering structure, like work workflow that could bring more women in. He was arguing for more women in engineering. But when I see all of these, these media companies get it wrong, I, 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 I don't blame people for believing there truly is a media conspiracy because can you truly believe that so many journalists and media companies are just that inept that yeah, they wouldn't even... Yeah, it's the malice versus uh, incompetence debate. And I, I'm with you there, man. Like it's because uh, sometimes I wonder that, too. I mean, we we our area of content kind of overlaps to some extent and, as, you know, with a lot of other people, too. And I, I often am uh, amazed by guys like you and I who are sitting in, you know, makeshift studio spaces with a few hours uh, of time on our hands are able to assess the facts in a more comprehensive, complete way than these these gigantic media corporations with all the employees in the world and all the resources in the world it is hard to believe under those premises that um that it's simple incompetence like there's got to be something more malicious at play may i you know but i just when i think about it i'm i'm not i'm not a conspiracy theorist i always just you know occam's razor the simple solution tends to be the correct one mm -hmm. in this instance it's so hard to figure out what what is more simple because to believe that so many journalists aren't doing their jobs, but I, you know, I, I feel like that is to a certain degree, just the simple solution. You have a lot of incompetent people who don't care and they're never punished for doing a bad job. And then, you know, what ends up happening is I'm not, I'm not surprised. There are so many Trump supporters. There are so many people in the out group, whatever you want to call it, who call the mainstream media fake news because they literally publish fake stories and then never correct it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've consistently called out the Washington Post for the story they made about Kim.com where they claimed he was trying to hack Seth Rich's Gmail account to hmm. plant a fake archive of emails to prove the conspiracy theory true. Literally, the guy who wrote the story made all of that up. Hmm. It, was, it was literally a case of legitimate fake news where a writer make, made it all up, published it. Hmm. And I called him on the phone 
and said, you made this up, like, what's the deal? And he stuttered and stammered and then made some quick edits to the, to the story. So the story remains to this day, insinuating that it might be Kim.com who, who tried to hack his account, but they removed some language so it's not definitive. And I'm just mm. like, there are people who read that story. There are journalists who tweeted that story out definitively saying, uh, the cybersecurity reporter for Politico tweeted out, Kim.com did this. Yeah. There was a uh, Lachlan Marque actually recently retracted and apologized because I, I called him out for a second time saying, hey, man, you know, you did this. And he was like, whoa, I didn't even realize because that story was, you know, now that now that I look at it, he's like, whoa. So he retracted and apologized. Hmm. The Washington Post did this. And we're supposed to believe that the mainstream media, granted, you know, of course they get things wrong. Nobody's perfect. The New York Times, Wall Street Journal, of course, they'll make mistakes. But when they refuse to correct it, I'm just like, what, what, what should I, what should I think? What should the average person person? Think? Yeah. And I mean, even when they do the right thing and they issue the uh, correction and or retraction, it never gets as much, uh, as much, uh, as many eyes on it as yep. uh, the original, the original falsehood. Um, with the, some time we got left, I want to hop into some Twitter questions. If you're cool with oh, that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I had, I had several on Venezuela. This one from the Farissa, uh, is Tim at Liberty to speak about what happened in Venezuela and why he claims he can't go to Venezuela. I made a whole video about it. Um, when I was there, someone associated with Antifa sent a tweet. Uh, at the time, they weren't called Antifa. They were just like the anti-capitalist, you know, black bloc protesters. But okay. So, so when did the, uh, what time frame are we talking here? This is 2000 and early 2014, I think. Okay. Yeah, early, early 2014, I believe. There's, there was a, a guy in Venezuela who's got over a million Twitter followers. He was, uh, I call him Venezuelan Glenn Beck because he was like a TV personality then he left TV to do his own radio internet show. And so very similar to Glenn Black's, like, you know, Kripath with the blaze and all that. Somebody tweeted at him that I worked for USAID. I was a CIA operative. And this was an activist from New York associated with Occupy Wall Street. Uh, keep in mind, Occupy and these things are loose knit. It's not like there was like a nefarious plot against me. It was an individual actor, most likely. But one of these people who is likely, you know, we would call them Antifa today. So this guy starts pulling up my tweets, pulling up my Instagram, and then posts, alert, alert, warning, a media mercenary is here. Hmm. You know, he's a, he's a Yankee. He just got back from destabilizing Ukraine because I was just in, in hmm. Kiev for the Euromaidan stuff. And then posted photos and videos of dead bodies claiming I was responsible. All because some activist in New York didn't personally like me and alerted oh a very powerful Venezuelan media figure to my presence in their country, which he took the tip, found out there was an American in Venezuela. I come out of the shower, I'm in my hotel room, get out of the shower, pull up my computer, and it's like 10,892 mentions. And I went, whoa, that's what? great. Like, Holy yeah, cow. So, you know what, like on Twitter, when you get a bunch of mentions, that bar appears, and then you click it, and it pulls down the rest of the new, I mean, new well, tweets. I, yeah, I, I don't have that problem. Nobody tweets at me. So. Well, no, like, <laughs> even if even if you go to your regular home screen, yeah, yeah. and you wait a little, say, like, see tweets. Oh, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. So it said 10,000, whatever, and I'm like, I click it, and what are they? Eh, death threats. We're coming for you, Yankee. Right. Our collectivos will find you, things like that. And so I sat there staying at the computer for, for a few minutes, and I was like, whoa. And then I, I called Vice, and you know what Vice said? They were like, Hey, okay, this is the story. Make it make it work. And I was like, that's true, but I could get I could die. So I called my dad. Hmm. And my dad was like, Well, look, you know, this is a big story. I mean, they're accusing an American journalist. You you could you could cover it this way and, and make this the story and explore what it's like in this situation, but you'll probably end up in a Venezuelan prison. 
He's like, hey, son, the good news is when you get out in a year or so, there'll be news articles written about you. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. screw that. I went to the airport and I left. I see. And uh, okay. but check this out. When I got back, my friend's Facebook got hacked. Hmm. My, uh, I believe my brother's phone was hacked. We think it likely was. My, my personal Facebook was hacked. Hmm. I received a message from a friend I hadn't spoken to in five years. He said, call me immediately. He said, the, F- the FBI has contacted me about you and you need to call me right now. Wait, was that legitimate or someone had hacked that to try to bait you into something? They were trying. So here, so I'm, 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 a, I'm a bit of a security person, InfoSec, a hacker community. Mm-hmm. What I believed happened was after I left Venezuela, the authorities didn't know if I was there or not. They wanted me to make a phone call to, so then when an American phone hit their tower, they could see if I was still there or try and find some evidence. So that's why they tried make, getting me to make a phone call. Or they mm. could triangulate my position if they had my phone number, which my phone number was relatively public because I had people like a tip line kind of thing like some journalists sure. do. And what they did was it was an API hack where they injected a message into Facebook without actually logging into my friend's account. So they went to my profile, found one of my friends, then they injected a message that hit mm. Facebook using his ID, went to me. When mm. I finally got a hold of my friend, he's like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. I never messaged yeah. you. He's like, dude, I haven't talked to you in five years. Yeah. So I screenshotted the message and I printed it out and I put it up on my wall. And I was like, that was, that was scary. But I was yeah. in the US at the time, so I'm like, whatever. And there's a, an internet vice who was Venezuelan. And the first thing he said when I got, when I got back to the office, he ran up to me. He's like, how did you get out? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, how did you get out of Venezuela? I was like, I got on a plane and left. He was like, (laughs) whoa. He's like, you realize they have detained journalists for much, much less than what happened with you. You, you, you He's like, if you didn't get out, you'd probably be in a Venezuelan prison right now. Hmm. I was like, okay, I probably can't can't go back, you know, because they know who I am. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So when, when people talk about Venezuela, it's not like you're banned. It's just like, it would be very ill-advised to, uh, to return. Okay. Yeah. Um, nobody would have that, sympathy for me doing something that stupid. Yeah. We got, we got time for one more. I had a few, I had a few, but I, I, in the interest of time, we'll probably, we'll, we'll take one more here, but I thought this was a really good question. I, the, the, uh, I mentioned before we have, we have some critical ones, so I'll grill you with this one if Do you're it. prepared for it. Um, sure. this, this, uh, this tweeter, uh, I don't know how to say this. I, it's like Urins. I don't know. We'll call him UU. I don't know how to say this name, <laughs> UU. But he says, I, I worry Tim is focused on being politically neutral, more on being politically neutral than actually being objective. But he seems quite self-aware. How does he see this? Am I wrong? I think, th- I think there's a very interesting question there, whether or not his worry is accurate about what the difference between neutrality and objectivity is and how you see that as somebody who's very interested in both, I would assume. So one thing journalists always they don't understand is that objectivity does not mean omniscience. And that's they always say like there's no such thing as objective journalism. No, 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 that's 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 wrong. There absolutely is, right? Here's a, here's what I tell people. If I see two people across the street get into a fight and you ask me what happened, I can objectively tell you guy A punched guy B. Mm-hmm. However, if my brother got into a fight with a guy across the street, I'm gonna be like, that guy's hitting my brother, dude. My brother did nothing wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. Biased, right? Sure. So objectivity absolutely does exist. Neutrality, on the other hand, is just you're not ta- you're not putting you know obviously you're not taking a, a side. Um, neutra- neutrality, you know, I wouldn't say that neutrality is intentional, especially on, for me. The main reason I'm neutral is because I can't figure it out. It's really that simple. There are some mm-hmm. things that I'm not neutral on, right? Uh, I I don't agree with white nationalism for the most part. 
uh, there's some, some arguments they make that I'm like, okay, I, I understand what you're saying. And there's a lot of this, like the idea of like an ethno state in America or something like that, which is a more extreme thing. I'm like, you're just, I don't know. I'm not like, look, I'm mixed race. So that's not something I could agree with. But when it comes to issues of uh, like fracking, right? So this is a really great example. Someone, someone asked me, um, I was, who was I just doing it? Uh, some, bearing. I was doing a stream with bearing and, and mm. someone asked about fracking. And I'm like, if I had to go into the tirade to explain the, the uh, OPEC, International Fossil Fuel Exchange, uh, carbon emissions, the co competition with China, it's not as simple as being like, fracking is destroying the environment, so we need to be opposed to fracking versus fracking is good for the economy, we need to support fracking. I'm like, the issue is so, so much more complicated, like a light touch. Our, our economy is growing at a certain rate. China's is growing at a certain rate. We want our culture to dominate the planet. We don't want yeah. theirs. But China is doing oil exploration in Africa, in South America. They're building the Nicaraguan Canal. So the issue becomes so complicated. I'm just like, I mean, no, I, I, I can understand that perspective because I am someone who, when I take a position, I want it to be very well thought out and I want to be super duper sure about what I'm talking about. And uh, oftentimes my hesitation to take a position is, is based on lack of information, lack of sufficient thought to take that position. And so, you know, I'll face some of that, that same criticism sometimes too. You need to take a position on this. Well, I will, I, I will <laughs> once I have enough information, I can't think about all the things in the world at once. Um, but I, but I, I suspect we're probably a little bit similar in, in the way we craft our opinions about things. Yeah. I, I, I would mean, rather I say so. nothing than something spectacularly stupid. I, I think a lot of the journalism I do, it's actually my quest to better understand these issues. Yes, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think uh, a lot of people appreciate that. Obviously, you've been quite successful in doing that. And we should, um, we should probably round it out right about there. I think uh, we're at time. And it's about time for me to head out and make some dinner tonight, too. So. Right, huh? And yeah, I know you mentioned you've, you've got a heated pool to get to there in Montreal. <laughs> I'm not going swimming. Uh, no. Probably going to meet up with Bunty and go get some poutine. Oh, sweet. Well, yeah. I hope you guys have fun. And, uh, and thanks for joining, Tim. It was a pleasure uh, to meet you and speak with you. And I, uh, if the audience is unfamiliar, please find all of Tim's uh, platforms in the podcast description. And uh, have a good night, Tim. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.